0: this is winnipeg sports talk daily with andrew hustler patterson and michael remus
1: hey what's going on everyone welcome to another edition of winnipeg sports talk daily andrew patterson michael remus with you we've got a busy one today we've got lots of jets to talk about Scotty Billick of the Winnipeg Sun is going to jump on. And of course, it is the biggest game of the year, Bombers Lions, Friday night. Ted Wyman's going to jump on as well and talk a little Bombers with us. And then in the second half of the program, we're going to head down to the Twin Cities. And we were originally planning on talking with our pal Jesse Pierce on uh, the Central Division and obviously the team she covers most closely, the Minnesota Wild. But I do have a feeling we'll uh, lean into a little baseball talk, see what the vibe is like around the Twin Cities as Minnesota tries to l- end their epic post game uh, postseason losing streak against the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, I know lots of Winnipeggers and Manitobans made the trip down to the Twin Cities for the game tonight, uh, this afternoon, and tomorrow afternoon, including our pals Ken Weave and Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike is going to join us on Thursday and, uh, well, hopefully we'll be uh, talking about a couple great Blue Jays games that he saw. So uh, we got some baseball, lots of hockey talk, some football and more. Great to have you all with us here on WST. And hey, everybody, don't forget, thanks again to everyone. We had a nice little bump of subs after yesterday's show. We are now at 9.96, less than 40 to our goal of 10,000 subs on YouTube before next Wednesday's home opener for the Winnipeg Jets. So if you haven't already, slam that subscribe button. And uh, all you WSTers that support us so well, tell a friend if uh, they haven't already and get them on board to be part of the first 10K before puck drop next week. Listen, just before we bring in Reem, let me thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Of course, our friends at Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Little Brown Jug, F Apparel, Nick and Nicky DQ, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man Barbershop. Uh, what's up to everybody in chat? And what's up to Michael Remus? What's up, Remo? I'm feeling good, us. yes. We are ready for playoff
2: baseball. Seeing a number of uh, Jays fans in the chat. You know saw Adam Lowry rocking a Jays jersey on the Jets mm. social media. I'm feeling good. I'll give my public service announcement, Hus. Uh, go vote today if you are in Manitoba. I know we have a majority of our listeners. I did vote. They asked me if I wanted the sticker after Huss. I was like, I'm good. I don't need. I don't need sticker.
1: You didn't want to be sticker guy in the show today. Hi everyone. And I'm like, what am I, I going to do? First what guy to I I poll this morning when it opened at eight.
2: What am I gonna do with this sticker? I'm, I don't know. I got nothing to do with it, so I was like, you, I don't need it. But did you bring?
1: I, uh, did you bring Evan and show him how democracy works?
2: No, I dropped him off at at daycare and went and <laughs> went and did it. But I didn't take the sticker. I still have PTSD. You remember at the pierogi eating contest, they gave me a, like a Ukrainian pavilion sticker then, and I forgot to take it off my shirt, and then I washed the shirt with the sticker on, put it in the dryer, and ruined it. So I don't do stickers anymore. <laughs>
1: say no to stickers huh um no listen it's good that you did i mean we'll do a why not question of the day on the show a little later on but of course the real question of the day is uh the the big election and yes even if it churns your stomach when you look at your options it's important to vote so (laughs) figure it out get on down to your polling station today and uh well, I guess we'll see what happens tonight. Um, of course, we won't be spending any time talking politics, thank God. But we will yeah. be talking a lot of sports on the program. Again, Blue Jays, this afternoon, if you're with us live on YouTube, shortly after we finish up the program, first pitch from Kevin Gossman and uh, Lopez for the Twins will get going. I think 3.38, I believe, is the uh, is the uh, first pitch time. So we got a little matinee baseball and that'll be the same time tomorrow for the games as well. So we'll be all over that. Just before we get to the Jets from last night, Remo and everything, how are you feeling about the Jays? I know you were anti-Jays for the last number of weeks as you were the lone Mariners fan pulling for Seattle, but they're done. I know you got a soft spot for Toronto. It's certainly a lot more fun around here when uh, the Jays are doing well in the postseason. What do you think of their chances against the Twinkies?
2: Yeah, I you know I like um well I'll hop on the Jays because yeah everyone I know is into the Jays and I did rock a Jays jersey at the ALCS in I think 2015 when they in KC um so I'll say that and look they're they're favored if you want to play a team in the playoffs play the Twins they haven't won in 18 games they haven't won a series in in forever so I think this is a pretty good matchup they're gonna need their their bats to actually hit we know they have solid pitching. It's, to me, it's going to be about the bats, and uh, the Twins are slight favorites, minus one twenty-two. But I think you got to feel good. I, you know, that's the team you'd want to play. Twins—they're in the worst division, the Central. Uh, the Jays don't have a great record against the East, and you know we saw what just what happened against the Rangers recently. Although uh, we've seen many times in recent past, you know, whatever your record in the regular season, you can throw that out uh, for the postseason. So I think this is a good matchup for the Jays and. I'm looking forward to seeing some playoff action this afternoon after the show.
1: Yeah, we'll touch on this late and kind of get into the lines and whatnot over at the, at Coolbet. But we've got the Ra- Rangers and Rays are going to be um, you know, beginning just after 2 p.m. today. Just after 3.30 is Blue Jays Twins. Diamondbacks and Brewers first pitch at 6 o'clock. And then at 7 o'clock it's the Marlins and Phillies. And the Phillies, the Brewers... And the Rays, all big favorites in their series and, you know, very close. Actually, I think right now, maybe this is just because a lot of Canadian money's coming in. The Blue Jays are actually the favorite in this best of three against the Twins, although they opened up as a, a slight underdog. So we'll touch on that and we'll head to the Twin Cities with Jesse Pierce a little bit later on today on the program. But um, let's get to last night. And no, we don't need to talk about Daniel Jones getting killed repeatedly behind an offensive line that cannot block, and the Seattle Seahawks running all over the New York Giants. Let's talk about the Winnipeg Jets, who lost to the Calgary Flames after a really impressive first period, which uh, included a goal by Ville Hanala that got a lot of people online all fired up. Two goals from David Gustafson, a couple assists on those goals to uh, Parker Ford, um, but the Calgary flames really stepping up their game in the second and third periods and coming away with the win. Um, I mean, listen, this game, first of all, wasn't even on television. You had to find it on the Winnipeg jets website, not the best way to, uh, you know, break down games ream, but, um, there was definitely some good early on, um, and listen, we're talking about the players that are battling for spots that popped up last night, Ford and Toninato with the goal, Gustafson with two, Billy Hainala. We weren't really talking about a lot of the guys that, um, let's face it, are going to be the uh, the day in and day out guys that really are going to determine what happens with the Winnipeg Jets. And more questions on the blue line, not necessarily about the younger players, but about the veterans. And um, as I say, I think it's a fool's game to get into too much or make too much about preseason games. But for the young players that are trying to make this team, um, it really does matter. And we heard Rick Bonus. Let's just talk about Billy right off the bat. We heard Rick Bonus say that these next couple games, Billy Hanel is going to, you know, determine where he stands going into the regular season. Uh, if that it is not lip service to the situation, um he did himself another big favor last night as he continues to be a very impactful player in the preseason. And uh, I'm fascinated to see what this lineup looks like for Thursday night ream because if Philly's in, who is out, um, and what this team is thinking about a blue line that we assumed the top six was pretty much set and guys were fighting for a spot just to be on the roster. Billy Hanel is making a statement or making a, a case for himself that not only be on the team, but be in the lineup when the puck drops next week in Calgary.
2: Yeah. um, You know, preseason, as I said yesterday, it's preseason. It's not the regular season. For veteran, established players, like, don't read into anything you see. But for players who are on the bubble or trying to make an impression, trying to make the team like Gustafson, Toninato, uh, Hanela, Ford, uh, Jeffrey Vielle, all those guys – you know, getting on the score sheet yesterday and for Billy Haynela, he's done everything, you know, that you could ask of him and more. And I don't know how you don't give this guy a you know extended look at the NHL. It'd be such like a slap in the face if you said, Sorry, Billy, you did everything, but uh, you know, you're the easiest to send down. I think he's shown through his play, he's earned it. It actually reminds me, Has of working at a previous company where You've done everything they asked you for the promotion, and then and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna give you the promotion on this day." And then when it's time for that, they say, "Oh no, sorry, there's a hiring freeze." Um, I don't think, I don't think that's gonna happen here with Billy Hanala uh, So I think, I think he's ready. Uh, he's shown he deserves an extended look. Um, you know, look at you know the all the analytics. He's up there every game. Uh, I don't know. I think it would just be. I don't think you can jerk him around anymore. He's earned it, and they have to find a way to to do what they need to do to get them in the lineup.
1: Well, I guess the question is, how do you do that? Um, because, I mean, are veterans going to lose their spot in the lineup based on the preseason? I don't know whether that's going to happen. Uh, we certainly know that the organization and the coaching staff in the past has, you know, leaned on and trusted veteran players more than young players. But at a certain point, at what point do you get the trust? I mean, you got to go out there and play. Um, I, I do agree with you, though that I think the – I don't know what happens to the relationship between the player and the organization if he does go straight down again after the training camp and the preseason that he's had. I mean, there and listen, there's players like this in all organizations that feel that they should be in the lineup or they should – I mean, frankly, most players probably feel that they're capable of doing things at another level. But this is a little different this is a first round pick that has excelled at the american hockey league level um and you know listen he wasn't great last year when he played in the national hockey league i mean i i do think there may be on some of his biggest fans there's some maybe a little revisionist history about what happened when he went in the lineup last year in limited time but that really doesn't matter we're talking about right now and I mean, he seems to have taken big, big steps going forward. There's a ton of potential. He adds something that the Winnipeg Jet Blue Line just does not have enough of. And we saw it last night with that beautiful goal that he uh, that he scored on Jacob Markstrom in the first period right now. But it is it is going to be challenging. And, you know, we'll put that out to the chat. Why not question of the day? Because I know there's big fans of Billy Hainala. Um if you're going to put Philly Hanlon in the lineup, what are the corresponding moves? I know it's easy to say, oh, get rid of Nate Schmidt, get rid of Neil Pionk. I mean, if it was that easy and that sort of thing, it probably would have been done. These guys are making a lot of money right now. I mean, those contracts are, I mean, I would say both of them are probably um, immovable um, when it comes to, to trading them. So are you just putting a guy like Nate Schmidt in the, in the press box and making him a $6 million vibes guy? Um, I don't know, but I am in agreement. Like most people, I think we'd love to see more of and we'd love to see him play in real legitimate NHL action against NHL competition with the top players on the Winnipeg Jets and seeing if he can add something that has been missing to uh, this blue line for the last little while, outside, of course, the brilliant season that Josh Morrissey had last year.
2: Yeah, and Morsi uh, certainly was excellent last year. And I think this is on, you know, the Jets. We saw this coming, Hus. We've been saying for uh, this summer, last summer, hey, you have this D prospect. Where is he going to play And when you look back at the Jets, you're going to look at um, Mm -hmm. that summer where they traded for Schmidt and Dylan. Like, oh, you know, when they got, uh, I think they got Dylan first and then Schmidt waived his no Mm -hmm. trade later. Um, you know, we were all excited about the Jets' defense. And then they signed Pionk long-term after that. And then you're like, well, you know, all these spots are locked up. You don't have any room for any of these young guys. And I think if you want to manage, you know, manage the salary cap, it would be ideal to have guys on men's salary, like an entry-level deal on your third pair or even in there. But now you have all these expensive defensemen that we've been saying, you know, for two summers, hey, you got to move one of these guys. Um, to make room for, you know, your first-round draft pick. They really didn't do anything, and now, you know, we'll have to see what happens. I, will they make the tough, you know, you have to make tough moves as a GM. Will they make the tough move in putting one of these expensive players, you know, sitting a couple games? Will they rotate Ville in? Cause he's earned a spot, and he's kind of voiced his displeasure publicly with the, the lack of opportunity he's given, but, you know, maybe, even if you thought he didn't earn it before... Um, He's certainly earned it now with his play. And I don't know what, what more this guy can do in the AHL. He's earned a spot in the NHL, but how are they going to make it fit here with, you know, with all their expensive, uh, you know, expensive salaries.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, the salaries, you know, roster spots. Um, and, and and listen, I, I mean, the one thing that I think we can all agree on is that he needs to play. I mean, you know, having him up as the seventh or eighth defenseman and not in the lineup, I don't think does anybody any good. Um so, and as he said, we go back to Bonus's comments last year or last week that, you know, these next couple of games, um, you know, are going to be, you know, very, very impactful in determining, you know, where Villy starts the season. Um, I think last night is another example that, you know, he's doing everything he can to make that decision as difficult as possible because there is a reality to it. He is the easiest person for them to send down, and there's no risk to it whatsoever. Um, it does get more complicated when you want to spot and when you want to put him in, never mind that top six just on the roster right now. And I mean, I-, I will remind people that probably a lot of you that are yelling for Billy right now, and listen, I'm part of that group, was talking about Declan Chisholm probably being ahead of him two weeks ago. So, um, as I say, we're living in the present right now. This has been, you know, we're five preseason games in. You know, it's been a mishmash of lineups. It's been a mishmash of competition that the team has been playing against. But that's all we've got to go on right now. Um, Bottom line for the player, he has definitely put his best foot forward right now. And, um, you know, maybe they weren't planning on being in this situation, but I think they are in this situation. And uh, I, like most people, think they got to find a way to give him the opportunity to get into the NHL lineup early in the season um and see if he can, you know, have better results than, you know, the guys that have been doing it for the past couple of years.
2: Yeah, and one thing, too, there has been some injury and illness stuff, and it's possible this decision gets kicked down the road, but he's, again, on Ville, he certainly earned it. We'll see what happens with that, and all the defensemen there, again, we've been t- t- talking about this, you know, in terms of Winnipeg sports talk, like, popular topics over the last, like, two years, like, we got Dubois, <laughs> Chafley Hellebuck, what are they going to do with all these defensemen at, at, at number three, uh, if, if you ask me? Um, the, one, the one other position battle we've kind of been talking, we thought it was David Gustafson's to, you know, to win. He was in the driver's seat. Parker Ford, you know, leading the team in points here in the preseason, coming out of nowhere. But Gustafson, two goals. I mean, more goals last night in one preseason game. Then all of his 71 NHL games combined, where he has one goal. But I, I think Gus, he's going to be the guy. Parker Ford, you know, and him and Tannenato, I guess, would be the first call up after Harkins was waived. But I think has Gustafson uh, still in the driver's seat on the Gus bus uh, heading into heading into uh,
1: the season. Yeah, you know that was big, and and, uh, for a guy that has been so snake bit scoring at the NHL Mm -hmm. level the fact that he got two goals in a freaking preseason game has got to be, I mean, great for him in the short term, but also somewhat frustrating that those will disappear forever into the ether when (laughs) the season gets going because they don't count. But that was a big game for, for David. I think people realize that he's very good defensively. Um, You know, he has been a, a guy that, you know, again, at the AHL level has shown that he can do it in both ends. But I mean, really, kind of projects to be more of a thirteenth forward. Although play like you know you did last night, I mean, maybe you're starting to compete for that fourth line center spot that it looks like Rasmus Kapari is going to be uh, going to be starting in. All I will say to that is, um, I think Gus has done enough to get his spot on the roster. Of course, he's also waivers uh, not waiver exempt, so. If they were to put Gus on waivers, they'd risk losing him like happened yesterday with Jansen Harkins. It's not the case with Parker Ford, but Parker Ford once again, and it was a beautiful give and go on that first one between Gus and uh, Gus and Parker. He continues to turn heads, Reem. And, uh, you know, I think it's most likely he'll start the season with the Manitoba Moose, um, but he is absolutely. Oh, I mean, I guess I should touch wood. We know how injured and how sick this team is. Maybe, Maybe they don't need to make that decision for a little bit. Bottom line is he's going to be a very early call-up if the situation arises for the Winnipeg Jets. And I'll tell you what, Donic Tornado is at a great camp as well to kind of keep his, his name in the mix, despite being sent down and waived.
2: Yeah, Tom Tornado scoring yesterday. Park, it's funny. Parker Ford uh, assisting on Gustafson's goal. The two guys, you know, competing with each other for that final spot. But he's come in and he's impressed. But I I tweeted out the pre-draft scouting report on him that said he's got a motor, uh, you know, he's got that kind of little ball of energy type player. But you know we saw his shot on that uh, one-timer against Calgary here last week. Uh, there's certainly some skill there, some nice passing here again. Leading the Jets in preseason scoring. Would have never guessed that about Parker Ford. So, um, you know that's a really nice find, undrafted free agent, and. Look, he played, what, eight games with the Moose last year, had four points, and I I agree. He'll probably start with the Moose, but he would be an early call-up if and when injuries do occur.
1: Here's an interesting one from Mahoney. Uh, Unless a player projects to be a top-nine forward, top-six defense, should fans concern themselves about waiver losses or gains? I mean, you're basically describing replacement-level players, Rob. So, I mean... I, I would say not very much. I mean, listen, if it's a young player or something, the guy's got a real high potential that potentially has a ceiling to get up to. I mean, the, Declan Chisholm's a perfect example of that right now. I mean, the worry about not having Declan Chisholm, uh, you know, with the Winnipeg Jets in game number one, I, I don't think, I mean, it's not like people are going to go crazy if he's not in the opening day lineup. But for a guy that's shown so much at the AHL level that hasn't had a chance to do it in the NHL, If you lose that guy without ever getting a chance to really see him play in the NHL, that is a concern. But the Harkins, the Toninatos, Axel Janssen-Fialbi, who the Jets got on waivers last year, I mean, those are, with all due respect to them for the most part, you know, replacement-level players, fourth-line guys are often available on the waiver wire. That's basically basically who they are they're guys that just aren't in the depth chart on one team but would be up on another's and get a chance to go somewhere else so um listen if you've put a lot into players and you're losing them for nothing and I know we everyone goes back to the Johnny Kovacevic situation last year and Johnny's really proven himself that you know maybe there's more to him that the organization expected or you know been a victim of numbers um but for a player like a Gustafson, like a Chisholm that they have put a lot into. um, Yeah. I mean, I think I would be pretty concerned about losing players like that. And that, and that Remo has shaped so many of these conversations, which really started of training camp thinking that Billy was almost assuredly going to the moose just because what keeping him on the roster would mean for the other decisions they had to make and potentially players they lose. Yeah. Well, well said. And,
2: you know, back to the original question, they did lose what Jansen Harkins yesterday. We talked about that, and he'd kind of fallen out of favor with the organization, and you know, didn't wasn't able to take advantage of uh, the opportunities. And you know, look, sometimes those kind of picks doesn't work. It doesn't work out. You know, what was he uh, like mid round pick? Uh, I think twenty fifteen. So uh, you wish him all the best in in Pittsburgh, and a number of well wishes there, and. I think, you know, it's funny, you talk about the waiver wire, like Ottawa's waving, you know, former first rounders, uh, like no problem, What they waved wave Lassie who got claimed by Anaheim and the other one, they just, or they're going to wave or they did wave today, uh, with Jacob Bernard Docker, who was a former, you know, high pick as well. So look, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. That's part of it. And uh, I'm sure some tough ones are going to come up as we get to the start of the season, what a
1: week away. Yeah, every every team has really tough decisions to make right now. Some tougher than others, um, but yeah, I mean, we are going to see players, and like I mean, Logan Stanley could absolutely end up on the on the waiver wire. I mean, he probably gets picked by somebody like Lassie did. But um, you know, at a certain point, you realize this is your plot. These are the players. These are your assets. If you're going to be sending a guy out, you see if you can get something for him. Usually, the answer is no because they all know that you're about to put the guy on waivers. And he goes there and either passes and gets to your AHL team or gets a fresh start with another organization like uh, like uh, Harkins had yesterday. Uh, but, I mean, there it, it is a precarious situation. I mean, I think about what Nashville did with Eli Tolvanen. Um, he very quickly got picked up by Seattle and then ended up being a, a really impactful player. I mean, this is a talented young guy that just hadn't clicked at the NHL level yet, uh, but did... Unfortunately for Nashville, he did it for another team. So, you know, we'll get into this with Billick coming up. Um, The other thing, though, we should uh, quickly talk about, Remo, though, before we get to Ted Ted Wyman, is Elias Salmonson. Now, I think myself, pretty much everyone thought that Elias would come. He would have a great experience uh, playing in the prospects tournament and getting a chance to go up against NHL competition and then would head back to Sweden. But Elias has, in fact, been sent to the Manitoba Moose, and shout-out to, uh, to Julian and Chad, who threw this into the Discord, uh, an article from one of the Swedish newspapers, um, that Skeleftia, Elias's team, are going to have to wait because he, in fact, has not been sent back to Sweden. He's been sent to the American Hockey League, and... Um, you know, we'll talk more moose as we get closer to their home opener. By the way, they got a big sale right now. $10 home opener tickets for the next 10 hours. Check out moosehockey.com for that. Um, this is really intriguing. And I mean, I don't know. This this maybe Elias will be the next Villy. If Villy's on the team, when's this guy gonna be there? He, I, I still think that he is the number one defense prospect in the organization. Um, and the fact that he might be here very close to the big club. I think is pretty intriguing right now.
2: Yeah, I, I you know Julian sent me this article and I put it through Google Translate, which we know how accurate and reliable that is. But it says he's sound sent to the AHL and they'll be informed his uh, Swedish club if he'll return or not. I think Friday uh, it says they have a they'll they'll know. So it's not completely certain that he is coming back right now. And the Jets have the right, and they'll have to wait for a couple days and see. And what we last saw, Solomonson in that preseason game against Edmonton, or not, in Ottawa, where he took the high hit. I think he was skating. Yes, he is on the ice. Uh, Dave Manuk tweeting out, he is on the ice uh, today for practice. So uh, that was positive to hear. And certainly an interesting prospect that we talked about all summer to the point where I was like, is this hype getting too much for – what a second round pick. And there he was, uh, you know, day one paired with Josh Morrissey. So the team obviously thinks very highly of him and they would want to have him in, you know, in Manitoba in case what, for a call up if necessary, or just to get used to the North American game. Cause maybe a call a, up a is, bit of both. is, yeah, it's like more so- sooner than you think uh, a possible call up.
1: Well, and, and you know what? He played at a really high level last year on a top team playing big minutes. Um, and seems like he's going to be ready to kind of get into the north american game uh, many people thought that you know it was just nhl or bust um here's the thing though um the, the they have to send a player back if they're in their first year of the nhl contract um but he signed his contract with winnipeg last summer so and this the, the guy said it, it applies it only applies under certain certain conditions and in this case it is that Winnipeg has the right to make the decisions. So uh, the Swedish team is gonna wait. We'll have Elias here in Winnipeg um, for the time being, playing with the Manitoba Moose. Um, and tell you what, especially if Billy Hanla is gonna be working his way onto the squad with the Winnipeg Jets, um, probably creates a big opportunity for uh, Elias to get some big, important minutes. Um, playing for the Manitoba Moose. All right, we're going to talk to uh, Ted Wyman coming up. More Jets talk with Scott Billick coming up in a little bit. Um, Before we do that, I want to give a big shout-out to our friends at Modern Man Barbershops. Now with eight locations in Winnipeg, you can visit the newest locations on either Pembina Highway or Plessy Road. Heading there tomorrow for a cut. Uh, Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services and more book your look and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com and you can give them a follow on instagram at modernmanbarbershops well with this weather now i think we can officially say that pool season is over aquatech the experts on all things pools but they're also the experts on whole home renovations With thousands of rentals as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. And hey, shout out to Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery. We're officially into October. Before we know it, I hate to bring this up, but the snow will be flying and winter is just around the corner. Be ready for it. Manitoba Battery got us through all the good times with batteries for all the fun stuff of summer. Now it's down to business and getting through the Winnipeg winter. Uh, You've got to have a battery. Testing available for your battery at 1026 Logan Avenue if you want to pop in. But get the best price on car, truck batteries, and more at Manitoba Battery, and they'll deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg. With any purchase over 60 bucks, it's that easy. Check them out and order online at manitobabattery.com. Give Donnie and his great staff a call at 783-8787 or pop by and see him in person at 1026 Logan Avenue. And hey, a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I know it's not a home game this weekend, but it's a big one on Friday night. Might want to pop by your local Manitoba liquor marts and get your CC ready for the weekend, and of course, CC and Ginger premix cocktails. You can pick those up at your local Manitoba liquor marts as well, or your local beer store. Um, all right, coming up a little later on, we're going to have Scotty Billick. But uh, great Bomber news today. It sounds like Janarian Grant is back in practice let's welcome in Ted Wyman from the Winnipeg Sun to get the latest on the blue and gold going into the biggest game of the year.
0: Ted, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great, Huss. Uh, you know, I mean, I know you want to talk about the Blue Bombers and BC Lions, and I just want to say, pretty exciting to be uh, involved in, in writing about this game this week because I can't remember a regular season game that had this kind of magnitude for the Bombers in, in quite some time.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. I was on in uh, Calgary this morning talking, yeah, some jet stuff, and then we got into this Bombers, and I'm like, this game is as big, Ted, as any regular season game I can remember in that not only are these teams playing for first place, but for better or worse, this game is worth two games in the standings because they're tied it is also the rubber match. So, I mean, whoever wins this game is going to be a game up in the standings, but will also have that tiebreaker. So, for all intents and purposes, it kind of feels like a playoff game in which no team is eliminated, but, man, you lose this one and the uh, the path to the Great Cup becomes a heck of a lot longer.
0: Yeah, it feels more than just a little like a playoff game to me. It feels very much like a playoff game and, and one that we may see again, right? I mean, it's... Uh... Uh, there's no reason to think that anybody but the Bombers and Lions will be playing in the uh, in the West Final this year. Uh, it's always possible somebody will pull off an upset, but it doesn't seem likely. These have been the top two teams in the division all season long. And I think the the rubber match makes it really interesting because BC kicked the crap out of the Bombers in the first game and the Bombers absolutely destroyed BC in the second game. The only factor in there that maybe makes it a little bit hard to say... Um, you know, that BC was so uh, horribly beaten in the Winnipeg. The the second Winnipeg game is that Vernon Adams didn't play, and he is having an outstanding season. There's absolutely no question about it. Um, But you go into BC now and you have this game. There's going to be a big crowd there. The Lions are revitalized. They've got great fans uh, behind them. And as I just alluded to, VA is playing very good football. They've got all their receivers ready to go this week. They're gonna be ready for this Bomber team. And I, I do not see this being any kind of a walk in the park for either team, even though both teams had blowout wins this year. This should be a close one, should be very exciting. Uh, one real big thing that's on the Bomber side is that they've played really well in BC place in recent years, especially when Zach kalaros is playing. Last year, Drew Brown started in BC and it didn't go as well. But um, when Zach kalaros has been playing, this team has been on fire. And, uh, and and they like playing in BC Place. The offense has done well there.
1: Well, and, and I mean, you know, as you alluded to before, I mean, the stakes are so high. And, and listen, talking about this Bomber team and their path to get back to the Grey Cup and a shot at likely the Toronto Argonauts, um, home field advantage in the Western Final, to me, is is everything. Like, you know, BC came in and did what they did to the Bombers early on in the season. And as you mentioned, the Bombers got them back But that's far more realistic to pull off in early July than be a dome team coming to the Prairies and trying to win in front of a madhouse in mid-November. And uh, that is exactly what this team is playing for right now. And you mentioned Zach Caleros. I mean, I look at this team and I I have no doubts that the offense is going to be productive and will put the points on the board to me, this game is going to be on the backs of the defense, Ted. And can the Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense do enough to minimize the offensive output of BC and maybe turn the game, flip the game, if you will, with a few turnovers? I mean, are you seeing that in a similar way?
0: I really am. And I mean, even even last week, the game against Toronto, the Bombers are out there against um, Cameron Dukes and, and, a, and an Argos offense that wasn't really... Um, you know, 100% because they didn't have Chad Kelly in there. They had a guy making his first career start. And they got it shoved down their throats in the first quarter. The, the uh, Argos went down and scored two touchdowns. And that just seemed really wrong. Uh, I, you know, there's just something not absolutely right with this Bombers defense. They did turn it around. They did play very well as that game went along. And they did keep... Uh, The Argos from scoring more. The Bombers were able to come back and win it. We all know that that win comes with an asterisk because there's just no question in my mind that the Argos were not at their best. Their coaching staff was not particularly focused on trying to win but more focused on trying to see what they have in terms of their backups. Um, But the defense needs to start fast and it needs to play 60 minutes. This Bomber team can't afford lapses, and this is where there's been issues this year. There's been a certain amount of inconsistency. We saw it. It goes back quite a ways, but they, they had a big lapse against Ottawa, and they lost to Dustin Crum and the Red Blacks. They had an early lapse against Edmonton. They fell down 22-0 to Trey Ford and the Elks. They didn't play very well against Jake Dalagala and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and Dalagala has not won a game since then. Um, the, you know, they didn't play that well against Taylor Powell. He got pulled the next week. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, question marks for me on that blue bomber defense. It starts up front. Uh, they're better obviously when Jackson Jeff Coat's in there, but they have not really been getting to the quarterback the way that they used to, or they, or you might expect them to Willie Jefferson now eight games without a sack. Um, I don't know that you can pin it all on Willie. Of course you can't, but now, I'm not sure what the situation is going to be with Dem- Demario Houston. He left the last game. Um, there is some question marks with that team. And as you said, we know Zach Caleros is very likely to go out there and put up some points for this team. When you've got Brady Oliveira and you've got Nick Dembski and you've got Kenny Lawler and you've got Dalton Schoen on offense and a great offensive line, you're going to do it. So it's going to come down to, as you said, how well this defense can, t- can contain Vernon Adams And that host of excellent receivers that he can throw to
1: yeah listen it's a great point ted and listen I, i mean this defense has been so good for so long um and the one thing i think we can all lean on is that they've come up big when they have needed it they've come up big in the big games in the past um and this is as big a game as you'll see in the regular season period as we've laid out but sometimes this defense unit sort of gets a little complacent. I mean, I, I had the feeling at IG Field on Friday night that the defense was basically, you know, getting like the fans were all in on this conversation about Chad Kelly not starting and thinking that they were benching all their good guys. I mean, they just didn't seem ready to go right out of the gate. I don't imagine that there will be any question that this team will be prepared and ready to go for this game. And, uh, you know, we need to see that bomber defense in the second half and, you know, basically the best of the bomber defense right out of the gate because you know that BC is going to be ready to go. And and this is a huge proving game for, for British Columbia, Ted. I mean, I, I think back to the way they handled the big win earlier in the season. Remember they came in, they were the donut boys, and they left as the burger boys after the bombers dropped 50 on them. Um, but I'm sure they've had a long time to think about this. They've been playing well as of late. And, uh, I mean, it just sets up an absolutely fascinating matchup. But to me, the it's the focus. It's not the ability of the bomber defense. It's the focus to be ready to be at their best at kickoff and do it for a full 60 minutes. If they do that, I think they can win this football game.
0: It's the story of the Bombers' season. You already summed it up. I mean, they keep talking about it. Mike O'Shea talks about it. Drew Olatarsky's talked about it repeatedly. Zach Galeros talked about it. Inconsistency has been what has really hurt this team. And every time I've asked any one of them, what does inconsistency mean to you? What what does that look like? And it always comes down to focus. It's just there seems to be something going on where there seems to be a dip in focus with this team. Whether it's complacency, whether it's, looking ahead past, you know, hey, the bye week is next week and just not being 100%. It's not something you expect from this team. I certainly would not have imagined that a Mike O'Shea team would have that situation because he's so good at keeping his team focused. All of his uh, his coordinators are very good at that as well. But there just seems to be a bit of that going on this year. and 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 I do believe that they talked about it before last week and said, this is something we have to look in the mirror. We have to make sure we're not the one who's losing focus and allowing something to happen here. well you know the fact that they barely got by Toronto in a game where not only did Toronto not start their top quarterback and most outstanding player candidate in Chad Kelly but in the fourth quarter they actually put in a third string quarterback just to get a look at him as though it was a preseason game and it you, you know as far as I'm concerned, Ryan didn't we treated like that that like a preseason game. Bombers were treating it like a game that they had to win to try to get first place. Mm-hmm. And for the, you know, the fact that it was as close as it was, the Bombers didn't even take the lead until late in the fourth quarter, really suggests to me that it it just wasn't exactly what the Bombers were looking for. They're going to need to be much better against this BC team. And as you pointed out, it's going to have to be from start to finish. You can't have those lapses. You, they, they have to get, Uh, the the defensive line is going to have to get their hands on Vernon Adams. I've talked to numerous people about that. They're saying the Bombers defensive line is doing a good job still. They're still getting the pressures. Those aren't stats that are kept by the CFL, but they're being seen by the coaching staff. They're getting close. They're getting hands on guys, but they're not bringing them down. They're going to have to finish those plays. They're going to have to start bringing uh, Vernon Adams down. They can't let him extend plays with his legs. He's had an excellent season. And like I said before, when you've got Rhymes and Hatcher and Whitehead and all those players to throw to, you've got something pretty special going on there in BC. So, um, And I really do believe that crowd is going to be fired up and going to make it difficult. This is, this is one of the toughest tasks we've seen the Blue Bombers have to prepare for in a very long time. They're doing it with a couple of days of practice. It's going to be very interesting to see if they can really come out and put together that 60 minute effort. Well, I mean, they're
1: going to need a win in BC one way or the other, because if they don't get it on Friday, um, they'll be heading back be there. Back. Assuming that they win the West semi, which adds a whole nother step. And these will have the bye. I mean, there's just so much at stake on the table for this game. And uh, I can't wait for it. You know, you mentioned Jackson Jeffcoat and, he quietly, to me, is is such a difference maker on that defensive line. And you know, kind of mentioned some of the things that might not show up in the stat sheet. Certainly, Willie's been far more effective. Um, you know, when Jackson's been in, and and frankly, you look at the BC game where the Bombers got throttled, he was out, and he was out again for the Hamilton game where they didn't uh, they didn't perform well. So, having him back is definitely a good start. We'll get some more injury clarity on Houston and some of the others as we get closer to the game. Just stepping back from the task at hand, and that's the Bombers needing to win this football game on Friday. Um, We've covered this team and this league for a long time. Just wanted to comment on the historic nature of the local boys this season. Brady Oliveira's monster season. I mean, what a game he had last week against the Toronto Argonauts. Along with Nick Dembski, and we were talking to Ed Tate, this will be the first ever two canadians to go 1000 rushing and 1000 receiving in the same year and that's canadians never mind local products hell guys from the same high school it's just an incredible story
0: yeah i'll i'll plug it already that's my plan is to write about that today huh? so uh you know i think that's an that's such a, a neat story it's really quite incredible and it's it you know it brings up another point to me and that's that I know I'm a member of the Football Reporters of Canada. We vote on the most outstanding player awards for the CFL, but the way that it's done is you have to vote locally and pick one player and send them forward to represent the West, etc. cetera. Um, and in my mind, the best two most outstanding Canadian players in the CFL this year are Brady Oliveira and Nick Dembski. It's sad that one of them won't even get out of Winnipeg and have a chance to go forward and and represent the West division. I, I think Brady Oliveira is the guy that I'm going to vote for at this moment. Uh, he's just had that incredible season. It's been dynamic, but it's just kind of too bad that Dembski can't also get a nomination because he's been so good. I mean, this has been a stellar, stellar year for Nick Dembski. He's the league leader in, uh, in deep ball receptions. I mean, how, how great is that? When you consider some of the elite talent that's here, American players, Nick Dembski's a Canadian U of M guy, Oak Park guy. And there he is showing his talents as the best deep threat in the CFL. And he's got nearly a thousand points. He's gonna get there nearly a thousand yards, I should say he's gonna get there soon. Brady Oliveira's already well over a thousand yards. And honestly, if Brady Oliveira, and we don't know what the last couple of games are gonna look like, depending on whether the bombers have clinched playoff spots or, or clinched home field or anything like that or not. But if Brady Oliveira were to play the final three games and put up the kind of numbers he's been putting up lately. He's had more than 100 yards seven times this year. He really could put his name in the history books. He could be the second best season of all time by a Canadian running back with only John Cornish ahead of him. And that to me would be something pretty special. And he's got a lot of touchdowns. He's got a lot of receptions. This is really something special. Not something I can say that I saw coming with Brady. I, I mean, Nick has just gotten better and better as the years go on. He's thirty now, and he's playing his best. And he's almost thirty, I think, and he's playing his best football. Brady Oliveira, I, you know, I thought would be a capable replacement for Andrew Harris. I never really imagined that he was going to be better uh, in, in at least this season than uh, in any season Andrew Harris has ever had. I mean, if if he continues this. He's not far off from beating Andrew Harris's career high, which is, hmm. honestly, <laughs> it's just something so impressive. And uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and it's pretty great when local guys are making that kind of a contribution. You heard the guys talking about it on TSN the other day. It's kind of unheard of in the Canadian Football League, where guys that are local are making that big of a contribution to a team. I can think back to maybe Chris Getzlaff and Regina being, you know, such an important player for them. But uh, other than that, it's it's something that's unique and special. And uh, I think, you know, fans should enjoy it because it's been uh, something that's worked out really well for this uh, franchise.
1: Well, and, and just to, to Brady's performance, um, you know, we talk about the local connections. I mean, regardless of whether Andrew Harris was from Winnipeg or not, I mean, he was filling the shoes of an all-time CFL great and a guy that's going straight to the Hall of Fame at his first opportunity. Uh, and, and, you know, and that, that comes with a lot of pressure, Ted. And it wasn't always smooth right at the get-go. But, I mean, he seems to get better and better each and every game. Obviously, the offensive line is a big, big part of it. But when you think about the shoes that he was filling, to be honest, it makes it even more impressive what he's been able to do. And and when when you talk to him, it's very clear that he doesn't just want to be an adequate fill-in for the guy that was here before. He wants to create his own name, his own history, and he's doing that this season.
0: Yeah, he doesn't even like the comparisons to Andrew Harris. He doesn't think that that's right. It's not; They're not the same player. They do things a little bit differently. What they do have in common is something you just mentioned, which is pretty much the same offensive line, and that's, Gonna, you know, that's something that we absolutely have to recognize that those players on that offensive line are built for a running attack and you plug just about anybody in there, they're going to do pretty well. I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to do as well as Brady Oliveira has done. But when Johnny Augustine's in there, he does well too. it's is all I'm saying. Uh, not to take anything away from Brady because the fact that he's gotten better and better all season long. He's set his career high for rushing yards three times this year already. He's catching balls of the backfield. He's scoring touchdowns. He's running guys over. He loves to have that first contact, and he does not like to be brought down on first contact, and he tends to get through the line. And if he gets to the second level, he can really go. But, you know, he doesn't have – he hasn't broken a ton of big runs this year. He's putting up these kind of numbers, picking up eight, nine at a time. But eight, nine at a time is huge because you're getting – when they've got Dakota Prukop, who's almost guaranteed to get you a first down, if you get eight, nine, it's it's good enough, you know? And it really helps the Bombers win first down. It really helps them um, build their offense when everyone knows that they can run it the way they can. Well, hey, they also have a pretty amazing quarterback in Zach Kalaros, and he can throw it to guys like Kenny Lawler and Dalton Schoen and Nick Dembski. It makes her as dynamic an offense as you're going to see now, there has been some inconsistency, particularly from Kolaros, because he's thrown 14 interceptions this year, four were for pick sixes. But I did hear Dave Naylor talk on the TSN panel one day about he could not remember a team that had the offensive players, the likes of Oliver Ademsky, Schoen, and uh, and uh, Lawler all on one squad with all that talent. So it's it's just symbiotic. It's that O-line, it's that great passing game that the Bombers have, and it's Oliveira's ability to hit the holes and knock people over and pick up just enough yards, you know, to, to move the sticks for the Bombers. I, I, I really think it's been impressive, and it's hard to use enough words to, to describe how good Oliveira's been. To me, unexpected is the, the biggest one. I just didn't think he'd be this good, but good on him for making it happen.
1: Ted Wyman, Winnipeg Sun with us. We're going to be speaking with your colleague, Scott Billick, on uh, the Jets. Just uh, before we go, though, Ted, what uh, what are your expectations? What are you feeling about this club going in? I mean, they haven't really been able to get the full squad out in the preseason. They got one more chance to do it. Ealers won't apparently play on Thursday. Um, I mean, I think the team's a little deeper. We'll see whether they can score. Cole Perfetti. still tons of questions about this club. First and yeah. foremost, how they get down to their roster in time for the game next week in Calgary.
0: Absolute uncertainty for me, Huss. I mean, I I just don't know how you can predict what to expect from this team because we haven't seen that They haven't had any healthy roster. They've got guys sick all over the place this weekend. Um, It it has not been an easy time uh, in this training camp. And, of course, they're making a pretty big transition, right? You're you're, you're taking uh, Blake Wheeler and Pierre-Luc Dubois out of that locker room. Um, That's a lot of points. That's a lot of uh, strong offensive play, and it's also uh, going to be a pretty big change in the leadership of this team. So how does that translate on the ice? I just don't know. I, I just don't know how you make that prediction. I think the, what, I, what I would normally look at in this situation is that, in my mind, this team needed a culture change. You've taken uh, I, the leader of the former culture out um they're trying to make that change the question is how well will that succeed because i think last year you saw when this team was playing the way that rick bonus wanted them to play early in the season they were an extremely good team near the top of the nhl when they started getting away from that they dipped and they were one of the worst teams in the league for 15 games and uh, and flopped out of the playoffs pretty quickly so which of those two are we going to see or which of those two are we more likely to see? I think it's probably going to be the former. I think they're probably going to play better uh, with a different culture in there, um, better with the systems and whatnot, maybe not as much talent, uh, you know, and and maybe some more raw talent with the guys who have come in from, from uh, Los Angeles. But still a lot of skill there and still, uh, you know, if you can play the bonus way, I think you have a chance to be successful. But again, there's so many question marks because if you've got a lot of injuries, if you've got still these question marks hanging over your head about Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck, all that kind of stuff can play into taking that down a bit. So again, my prediction is that this team could, you know, has the potential to play quite good hockey, but it also is going to be kind of a thin ice situation as to, you know, they're a bit fragile at this point. Can they really build that up and have that strength to play a whole season and be consistent? That's another big question for me.
1: No doubt about it. Ted Wyman's with us. Hey, just quickly before we go, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm flicking the television in the midst of a wild sports weekend. And uh, there's our pal Reed Carruthers and Matty Dunstone going head-to-head in the points bet. And, of course, Carrie Anderson get to the final. Crazy that curling is in full swing already, but it is. But – uh how about Reed pulling off back-to-back wins for fifty k in that points been invitational?
0: Yeah, uh, it' pretty amazing that he his team has uh, flourished so much in that particular format. Because in case people don't know, that's a single knockout event. Uh, Sixteen teams, you lose, you're out. And uh, Reed Carruthers has never lost a game there. But you know, I really am very intrigued by the Reed Carruthers team this year because he's added. Who, a guy who I think is one of the very best curlers on the planet, in Brad Jacobs as his third. Nobody, there's very few people who throw the rock better than Brad Jacobs. The guy's an Olympic gold medalist. He's a Briar champion. He's been in the Briar final a bunch of times. Um, he's so good, and I and I think everyone in curling respects Reed Carruthers as a skip, and everyone respects his team, the guys that he's got with him. You add a, a force like Brad Jacobs to that lineup, man, does that ever have a chance to be successful? And, and you know, really get up there and compete with Brad Gushu and Brendan Botcher and even Matty Dunstone, whose team I think has uh, really stepped into the elite level. But there is so much elite talent this year in men's curling, and, and I really like how potentially Carruthers is going to, you know, make that an even deeper field of teams who could win. And I guess maybe he hopes the Briar I'll go to a single knockout format because uh, that's really working for him.
1: <laughs> well, I can tell you both uh, Reed and Matt Dunstone are good friends of the show, and uh, hey, uh, well, we knew uh, we knew Manitoba was going to win one way or the other, but uh, it was great to see those guys have great starts to the season. Ted, awesome chat as always. We'll look forward to your coverage all week in the Winnipeg Sun of the Bombers leading into. The biggest regular season game we've had this league in a long, long time. Friday night, BC Place. Cannot wait for it. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon, buddy.
0: Thanks, Huss. I just wanted to say one thing. Um, Since you touched on curling, uh, Manitoba lost a a, a great curler this past week, Lois Fowler, uh, 68 years old, uh, from Brandon. She was a four-time Scotties champion and a world senior women's champion and really a great friend of the game of curling, well-known by everybody. And I just wanted to throw a shout-out to her because, and her family and say sorry for their loss. Appreciate that, Ted. Awesome, buddy. That was great. Yeah, the only thing is, man, Janarian might be on the field. We'll find out in like 10 minutes, but unfortunately, there's not... I, I didn't want to say anything because oh, I didn't want to oh, say oh. <clears throat> that we weren't live. <clears throat> but if he's on the field, that's going to be...
1: Yeah, well, you know what, we can we'll yeah, can- leave it to you to
0: play with that however yeah, you want. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If um we'll pay attention on that and uh we can uh, we can clip it or uh um pop it in the report or just say hey, I caught up with Ted before practice today.
0: Yeah, yeah. See see how that works, but yeah, they're going to be on the field in 10 minutes so we'll know soon. Okay, you're the best buddy. Thanks so much.
1: All right, great stuff with Teddy. His colleague Scott Billick, coming up next to get back to the Jets beat. Um but again, big news coming out of Bombers practice just in the last hour or so. Janerian Grant back on the field practicing with the club, which uh, is very good news for Friday's huge game against the BC Lions. All right, just before we bring in Scotty, big shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products too, pop by one of six Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca with a fully shoppable website with local delivery. And right now, get a free gift when you place an order for $100 or more at myvita.ca. Now, don't let the stress of back to school or the upcoming holidays get to you. Try Health First Ashwagandha Supreme. I can't believe I nailed that one. Known for its stress-lowering effects, Ashwagandha is effective for reducing mental stress, anxiety, cortisol levels, and even stress-related food cravings. Health First Ashwagandha Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health Fresh Market, family-owned and operated since 1936, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six locations in Winnipeg and online at myvita.ca. Well, your overhead door for your garage has had lots of ups and downs this summer. Working hard to get you and your family to all that fun summer travel that you had and just the day-to-day grind. But your garage door is about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. You can find out more online as well at wallacedoors.com. Fellas, October is here. The winter is just around the corner. How's the closet looking? If you open it up and realize I need to step up my menswear game, there's only one place you need to go, and that is F apparel. With custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties as well. For more information or to make an appointment, check them out online at F, that's E-P-H apparel.com, and pop down and see them in person at 190 Smith Street downtown. And uh, hey, big shout out to Nick and Nikki DQ. Four locations. You want to hang on to summer a little longer? Well, the summer blizzard flavors are still kicking around at Nick and Nikki DQ. You can grab one at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, or DQ Niverville. And speaking of Neverville, their new Pita Pit is now open as well. You can pop down and see them at the new one. Healthy, fresh, delicious Pita Pit. And, of course, great catering options as well. Pop by and see them or check them out on X at Pita Pit Neverville. All right. Let's uh, get Scotty Billick in here and keep the Jets talk going on WST. Billick, what's up, man? How are you?
3: I'm good. I'm good. Getting over the flu. A little salty that I'm not on the road with Ken Weeb and Mike McIntyre to the uh, AL wildcard uh, game today and tomorrow. Um, but, you know, that them's the breaks, I guess, right? So, uh, yeah, other than that, good. Glad to be over this flu. Uh, I, I fault the Jets. But, you know, yeah, well, <laughs> you know what?
1: I mean, you know, it kind of has become uh, a growing story, frankly, over the course of the yeah. past week. I mean, the I mean, this the roster that was supposed to go to Calgary was nothing like the one that took the ice last night. At the same time, though, uh, Scott, I think it really allowed a bunch of players that you know are fighting for spots on the roster to kind of step up and stake their claim. Billy Hainel at the top of that list, and of course, two goals for David Gustafson um, and Parker Ford setting both of those up as well. Yeah. Like it, the good from last night's game. The fact that a number of these younger players or fringe players, if you will, are doing what they have to do to make decisions really tough. The other side of it is that we're not really seeing a lot from the guys that you are know, sort of expected to be the mainstays on this club right now with only one preseason game left.
3: Yeah, it's it's weird, right? Because you're trying to get a grasp of who the Winnipeg Jets are. And I think Rick Bonus is also trying to get a grasp of who the Winnipeg Jets are. And I'm not sure any of us really kind of know. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest questions going into the season was always going to be, you know, what is this team going to look like, right? But I think, you know, as camp went along, and, and they were healthy, you know, at least at the start of camp, obviously, Nikolaj had his neck spasms. But for the most part, you know, the the Connor shifley Villardi line, that looked good in the game that they played. They obviously had that really nice power play goal there. Um, so you started to see some things, and you were seeing, you know, the uh, the third line with Adam Lowry and Alex I follow and Mason Appleton. Okay, well that's going to be a good checking line. And fourth line was coming together, and you know you liked what you see from Cole Perfetti and you know Niederreiter. Obviously you hadn't seen him um, with Ehlers, but you just figure, okay, well you, you 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 get a guy with great speed and 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 great shot in Ehlers, and you pair him with a guy with a great vision and great ability to pass like Perfetti, and it's just going to work, right? But you know as it's gone on, you know you, you were. The hope, I think, for for obviously for the Jets' coaching staff, was that Eilers would get healthy and you wouldn't, you know, you would stay healthy. And obviously, it's not even injuries really that's kind of getting this team down for the most part. It's it's this flu that's going through the locker room, which kind of robbed them of their whole top line last night and in Calgary and and, and you know just you know others uh, with Morgan Barron obviously being out and and so it, it's it's been a weird one. And they have one game left now, and and you're trying to. Look to see who you know. W- you would like to see what Calgary had last night, which was basically their full roster out there playing a game, and we're just not seeing that at the moment from the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but but you're right, I mean, I think the thing that we've seen because of this, and obviously, I mean, anytime that you have injuries, anytime that you have um, any sort of uh, you know, illnesses through training camp, it offers opportunities, right? And and so you've seen. This year, and I you know maybe this is recency bias, but you know, there's a lot of guys really taking advantage of the I mean Billy Hanelis sticks at, out at the top. You know, for me, you know, he hasn't really I thought his first couple of days of training camp or whatever, but you know, you got fifty-six guys, everybody's just trying to get back into it. He's been great since then. And I think last night's goal showed something that the Jets would really like to have on their blue line consistently. It's a guy that that, that sees that, that that is willing to activate. Like that, and then Cole Perfetti makes a nice backhand pass, finds him, and 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 Hainala goes, you know, far side on a on a wicked shot against an NHL goaltender, and so that's what you want to see in the lineup. You know, we'll probably get to more of him, but you know, if we want to talk about David Gustafson, Parker Ford. I thought the, the the irony last night was both of them were helping each other look good last night, but <laughs> there might only be fighting for one fighting for one job, right? But 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 it's it's good to see that competition. It's good to see David Gustafson. With a little more confidence, because I think last season really, really took it from him. Like six assists in forty-six games, he struggled to score. He he wasn't the center anymore. He, they got moved him out to the wing. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't a great year for David, and 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 frankly, that that was you know that was his chance. And but he's come back this preseason and, and had a good preseason to keep himself in the mix. Because you know I, I guess we could say that he was probably the thirteenth forward on this team. Um, going into it, like you know, he was kind of the incumbent at that 13th spot, and he would it, it, it was his to lose. I think Parker Flores put on a hell of a, uh, you know, a hell of a showing here. Undrafted college free agent signing, um, has come in and, and really shown that you know, he's turned heads, right? He's turned heads. Rick Bonus said it last week. I mean, he, you know, he surprised us all, as the quote from, from Rick Bonus. And, and so I think you've seen a guy like Parker Ford who has this great motor on him and, and he just keeps going and going. And he, he kind of reminds you a little bit of, you know, maybe Brandon Tanev uh, the way that he came up. They're both from the same college Providence. Um, maybe a little bit of Mikey Essamont in there too, with the Jets lost on waivers last year and, and is now in Tampa. And uh, I, I believe he signed a two-year deal there. Um, so, you know, you hope Parker Ford um, gets his chance. I, I don't know if it's to start the season, but, um, <clears throat> Gustafson probably provides you a little more um, versatility, given that he can play center, take faceoffs. Obviously, you know, a very good penalty killer that we've seen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, last night you look at the game, you look at how beat up the Jets were or, or, or sick the Jets were, um, and, and they still held on in a 5-4 game against a, a very heavy, NHL-heavy Calgary Flames team. Was it great? Did they spend a lot of their time in the defensive zone? Yeah, like they did. Um you know, but but I, I didn't see a lot of giving up in that game. And and so, you know, it's preseason. You take a lot of it with a grain of salt to begin with. Um, I, I just think this team would like to see more. Well, I know they would like to see more of their actual team. Um, but right now, this is their actual team. And until guys get healthy and, and guys get injured, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I think these sick guys are, are going to get back, you know, a lot sooner. But you know, d- does Nate Schmidt go into the season injured? And, and does Billy Hanela start on, uh, an opening night roster? Uh, and, and same with maybe some guy. What happens to Nikolai Ehlers? And if Nikolai Ehlers isn't ready to go in a week, um, you know, it, it, David Gustafson's probably in the lineup, or Parker Ford's probably in the lineup, depending on kind of how you um, kind of do it. So, you know, this, this is the way it goes. I mean, you know, you, you, can't, you can't ever really kind of, predict injuries or illnesses or whatever. But, you know, it, it, it's shown the Jets, I think, that they have a good defenseman that they, they can call on right away um, if they need them. And they have a really good, you know, forward as well that that, that they can pluck into the li- lineup and, and go from their game one if they need to as well.
1: Yeah. Um... By the way, Andrew said it's imperative we find out why there's a shovel hanging on Scotty's door. I believe that's a and R shovel. It's a and R, yeah. Big Beaver Award. BS. You guys have been shoveling for years <laughs> in this community. Um, <laughs> that's
3: a powerful signature. It's obviously a BS shovel.
1: <laughs> um, listen, let's. Uh, nice. I mean, listen. Everyone's talking about Billy. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, he scores a goal like that last night. I mean, he's got a ton of 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 fans of his that, you know, really want to see him on the club. And, and listen, from what we've seen so far, I think that he's done everything he can to make a case that he should be on the team. I talked about this earlier, Scott, but I mean, I'm sure you were there. Rick bonus was talking about Villy's situation going into these last two games. And he basically yep. said he has the opportunity to earn a spot on the team with these games. Now Listen, coaches say a lot of things sometimes that may be, well, somewhat truthful, somewhat not. Like, I don't know whether this was just lip service to a young man that's doing everything he can to play but is in a really bad situation because of waiver rules and the fact that he's waivers exempt. Um, but how does this play out? And, and listen, will we see him on Thursday against Ottawa? And if he has another strong game... Is he, never mind on the team, could he be in the top six actually playing in Calgary next Wednesday? I think
3: the door's open. I mean, I was the one that asked a couple of those, those questions to to Rick, and, you know, it's there for him, and, and, and that was the one quote, and the other one was, um, it'll be decided over the last two games. And I think the fact that Billy's still here <clears throat> speaks a lot to how far Billy's come. I, I think... Again, I've written about this. I, I think the easy road, and, and we all know what the easy road is here, the easy way out is simply to send them down because <clears throat> it alleviates a headache that the Jets have. Um, and, and, but you know, my, my argument here for Villian is different this year because this is a team that said often, um, and, and, and obviously going through the summer and the way they did, and, you know, not rebuilding and all that sort of thing, they're in win now mode, and, and th- there's a couple of factors at play here. If Billy Haino is the sixth best or the fifth best defenseman on this blue line or the fourth best or whatever you want to call it, and you leave him out of the roster because of a you know a, a contract technicality and, and the waiver exemption, when you're in a win-now year, I, I just I don't know what that says. like I think that defeats the kind of idea then that you're actually in win now. And I understand you have Nate Schmidt, you have these guys that have big contracts, but we, it's not like this is, it's unprecedented for a, a big money player to be left out or on the periphery while a young defenseman that has been brought up and bred in this team and developed by this team, you know, finally makes good on his chance and really does make a good, you know, a good impression in, in training camp and shows that he's coming bigger um, You look at Billy Heinlein, he's just a piece of muscle now. He's not, you know, it, it, when, he, when he came into the league, he was 181 pounds, and, and it, that was soaking wet. Now he's 185. It doesn't seem like a big jump in weight, but he's a, just a, a, he's a, he's a, he's a finished tank, you know, if, if there is such a thing, right? And so you, you think about a guy like what he's done and, and the steps that he's done to improve and his defense has improved, and I think we've seen that this preseason. And then you also add the fact like, okay, it might not be super consistent for him just yet defensively, but you know that he has this ability to be so good offensively. And that's something, again, this team has talked so much over the last year since Rick Bonus came here, last year and a half now, that, that, that they want to have their defense activated. They want to go and they want more scoring from their defense. Well if there's anybody in this lineup right now that are in this you know in this battle to kind of get in um to the lineup it's Billy and and so I I think the problem is you know the Jets have created this sort of on their own is that you know if you're in win now mode and Billy Heinola is the fifth or sixth best defenseman right now on this team not just in training camp but on the team well you got to play him and and the other thing is what kind of message is it now going to send if Billy has an incredible training camp and the only thing that is keeping him away from is waiver exemption, I, I mean, I think you run the risk of pissing off a lot of guys. Well, Vili, for sure. But also being like, you know, if you're another defenseman on this team that that's in the system and you're just like, I can have the greatest camp that I've had on this team and just as good, if not better, than some of the NHLers, and I'm still not getting in, like, why would I want to still play here? You know, like, I, I, you know, how many years are they going to kick Vili down the road until... Yeah. Okay. Well, now his roster does. You know, roster exemption status is now he's not roster or waiver exempt. Sorry, and and so you know now they have to actually make decision. He just gets in because of that. Like I don't like the idea that the only reason that he's not on the roster is because of of, of a contract issue. And 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 you know I get that that you know the Jets have created this logjam and they failed to alleviate the logjam. And but so when they have a guy and and it shouldn't be a surprise to the Jets. That their first rounder starting to turn into a pretty good defenseman that can play in the AHL. I mean, this has to be something that you would have, you know, expected at some point, right? And so if you're just if he's not going to get onto the team because he's waiver exempt and that's the way, and it, is, it just it, it makes you so you don't lose maybe a Stanley or Chisholm or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. I think at that point if you're really you just kind of throw up your hands. It's like send me somewhere else and and think it, and that trickles down because if you're another defenseman on this team that still has this log jam, what, what are you expecting? Like, what does Declan Chisholm think then too, He's had a pretty good camp too. He's just had, you know, <clears throat> just hasn't been able to play as much. I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I think it creates more problems than not. And plus, I mean, I think the, the, it'd be all end all. As Rick Bonas has said many times, it's about winning hockey games, winning the Stanley Cup, all that sort of thing. How do you not play the guy that, that, that has shown in preseason. And that's what a lot of these decisions are based upon often and how they've played. How do you not put this guy into the lineup in game one, if he's, if he's earned that opportunity and, and earned a run of games. And I think it's beyond that now. I think Billy Hanel has earned a lot of games and a lot of chance to actually get comfortable in an NHL jersey and NHL. And we could talk about he had some times last year, but he you know he's getting called up to come in and play into Buffalo. And you don't know if he's even going to play that day. And you know, there's just there was a lot of things last year, and sure he had his chances, but I think again he's he's he hasn't been discouraged. I mean, I know there's been times where you know he might have asked for for for, for a trade or he's, he's shown his his disgruntledness or whatever. But he, but every time every summer he comes back and he's added something to himself, whether it's muscle mass or or, or you know just a better defensive player, both. Um, and so I I, I I struggle with the idea that if the Jets are all in on winning and they're not going to play one of their best defensemen, well, that's their goal. Um, I, I just don't know what that says. I don't know what it says to the fans. I don't know what it says to the, their defensemen in the system. Um, well, what yeah, it says to the, the rest of them. the
1: room, what it says so, to the rest are, of the room yeah. too. And like, listen, there's always going to be loyalty to guys <laughs> right. that have been around, guys that are veteran players, guys that are very well-liked teammates. But I, I, I'm with you as well. I mean, there is a yeah. messaging that, you know, I, I say this a lot. I mean, you know, the NHL is the best league in the world. I mean, you have to earn your way there. You have to prove that you belong. Sure. But but when you do, I, I mean, it is incumbent. It's the coach's job. Paul Maurice always used to say, you know, they do the team. The lineup card is mine. And yeah. for Rick Bonus, um, you know, it's not about developing players or seeing young guys. It's about putting your best team on the ice. And there certainly is a case. I think Kanala has made the case that he is – absolutely one of the top six defensemen for the Winnipeg Jets. And um, like if this game on, on Thursday, and again, we'll see who's sick, who's able to play, mm-hmm. not an ideal situation, but I would imagine Billy will certainly be in the lineup. Yeah. I'm interested as to who he plays with um, yeah. because in a lot of ways, I think this game was going to set the tone and basically be almost a mirror image of what we'll see on what next Wednesday in Calgary. Um, but it's it's not easy. You're right. We've been talking about this logjam on the blue line for the better part of uh, 18 months here, Scott. And uh, now really does seem like the time. And uh, I mean, there is, you know, if they take sort of that easy way out, let them go with the moose. Even if they say, hey, this is just temporary. We're going to work things out. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I do wonder, you know, yeah. what that does to the player, uh, what it does to the relationship with the team. Um, and I also think that I'm not sure that they're a better team on the ice with him with him out there. Let me ask yeah. you this: Let's say that Rick Bonus comes to the same conclusion that a lot of people have had that this guy needs to play. Who's out? Who are the uh, who? Like yeah. how, where yeah, does he fit? Question. Who is he playing with? And who's the odd man out?
3: Well, I, I think right now the easy answer is Nate Schmidt, and I think it's just because he's been injured, so he's a little bit behind the eight ball. Right? I mean, it's. You know, you're you're hoping that um you know, he's got some sort of lower body injury, but you know, uh, you know, one thing with Rick Bonus, oh, we're hoping we have him the next day and then you hope we have him, you know, the next day after that, and it just turns into weeks sometimes, right? Let's you know, look back to Nikolai Euler's last. It's like Janarian Grant. Um, right, yeah, it is, right. So I mean I don't we don't know the full extent of Nate Ishmitt's injury, but we do know that he's been skating. So you have a lower body injury and you've been skating well, it's a good sign, right? But you know, if if Nate Schmidt doesn't play on Thursday, um, in the last preseason game, and and uh, this is no discredit to to Nate Schmidt; he's a good hockey player. But you know, for a guy who's getting up there in age, you wonder, you know, what kind of, you know, just how far, how how much behind he might be, right? And, and instead, you're going to have a guy like Billy, perhaps, who's been in the fight all training camp, and so he's he's ready, like he he's he is is in good form. As you can be, so to me, it's it's got to be Nate Schmidt, right? I mean, that's where it is, and I, I think that's probably the only place. I don't think they're taking Neil Pionk out of the the lineup, right? I think I think Neil Pionk had a pretty you know tough year last year. He was injured for a lot of it. He won't talk about his injury. He doesn't want to make it as an excuse. That's fine, um, but I think they're th- this team is looking for Neil Pionk to bounce back this year, um, and and that it's not going to be Brendan Dillon because he offers the size that they want. And of course, it's not going to be Dylan DeMello or Josh Morrissey because they're the top pairing on this team. Um, I think it's Nate Schmidt. I mean, and the problem that you're going to have here is that you have a guy that's making close to six million dollars a year, just under, um, you know, as your seventh defenseman to start the year. And 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 who knows? I mean, if Billy keeps playing well, like let's say he actually gets that that chance to be on you know on October 11th, playing beside I don't know, maybe it might even be Brendan Dillon because he he's played pretty well with Dylan and and arguably. It might not even be arguable anymore that, that Billy's actually made Brendan Dillon a better player um, while, while he's playing with them. So, you know, I, I to me, it, it's got to be Nate Schmidt. And, you know, I just don't know. The problem is if Nate Schmidt's healthy, I, I'm not entirely sure that that's what the Chets are going to do, right? Because that's just that's not really their kind of M.O., Um and this goes back to the, you know, the the decision of loyalty and all that type of thing, right? I mean, you know, you had Nate Schmidt, Wave is no trade to come here. And, you, you know, but but at the end of the day, I mean, the Jets have to stop kind of juggling all these balls in the air when it comes to these tips play and just put the best team on the ice, you know. And and, and, and that's what fans want to see, you know. Like, I think, you I know, mean, I haven't been paying attention too much to the checks I'm kind of looking at the camera here, but... You know, I imagine there's a lot of fans in this chat and, and just fans in general that just want to see the best team. And if you've earned the right to play on this team and some of these young prospects that get spoken up so highly by this team, by this organization, from the time they're drafted, you know, and, and over the years. I mean, we've been talking about Vili Heinle since 2019. We've been through a global pandemic. We've been through all sorts of crap, you know, since then. And we're still talking about Vili, and he still hasn't got a shot yet, really, true, truly. Um to to take you know a, a spot on this defense and kind of run with it, making his own. So I think it's got to be Nate Schmidt if it is, and I think I think there's just a road. I think there's a path to that. I, I think as much as Nate Schmidt might not want to you know admit it, I mean I think there there there's a chance here that that Billy just has overtaken him, and and the, the Jets have then have a problem that they they have a guy. But for now, I think you just have to try it. You just have to try it. Let the guy who actually earned the spot, um, and, and this is—it's no fault of Nate Schmitz. He just was injured. But you know that's the way it happened. You can't make the club from the tub, right? I mean, that's the old—the uh, old saying that they have, and I—and I, and I think
1: that—that's a football saying. They it, don't have guaranteed it, it, contracts in football. That's, that's fair <laughs> enough. But
3: I, I just think that you—you you just run the risk too much, and this goes back to my earlier point: is you just run the risk of pissing off the player, and 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 and, and, and almost. You know, just maybe even the team, too, right? Like, you got to wonder what these other guys in the dressing room are like. Like, you know, and, and I don't think, they, don't get me wrong, I don't think they're saying, well, we don't want Nate Schmidt or whatever. But I think everybody in that dressing room, what does this also say to guys like Connor Hellbuck and Mark Shifley, who they're trying to resign? if you're just not willing to put your best defenseman on the, yeah, you know, the question, your best though, Here's the I question, though. Do you think
1: Do you think those guys all see <laughs> oh, it this me. way? Like, it's easy to read Twitter and see the loudest ten people in Jets Twitter saying, this is ridiculous, this guy needs to be playing. And again, I'm <laughs> someone that would like to see guys. that case. Yeah, But like... I, I just mean that, like, listen, everyone that you hear, those narratives are all done by people that have a – they're all or coming whatever, they're, yeah sure. yeah they're all yeah, coming from one series side um <clears throat> you know guys that have been talking about Hanela for two years of course they're saying the same thing I mean in some ways there's an element of proving yourself I was right I was right and I mean and again at other times sure. you know it's hard to admit that you're wrong so I mean like it's it's hard to take too much from narratives of people uh, people on Twitter um, well, but I, I'm has, not, I'm not disagreeing like, that that's you know, possible like, though I, 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 as yeah. well. I mean, they think, wow, well, this guy does bring something and more than anything, more than anything. And I'm not even sure that this is about, you know, what Billy, what Billy brings, because I mean, Hey, listen, he's made mistakes in the past. He's been sure. victimized at times, but so have a lot of Those the right, other guys on exactly. that blue line. I mean, I think right? that's what it comes down to. And, um, but I, I, I am with you. All those questions, yeah. we'll never know. Like what's inside of Mark Scheifele's head, or Hellebuck's head, or whatever about no, those sort of moves. No, but you've got to wonder if
3: you're, not, if you're not willing. And and you got to think that, you know, if, if somebody's playing better defense in in front of Connor Hellebuck, I bet you Connor Hellebuck knows damn well who's playing better defense in front of him, right? Just as much as if you know if you're uh, if you're a forward on this team, and, and and you know pretty well that you can depend upon your, one of your defense moving up the ice. And being able to actually get a zone exit, you're pretty happy if you're a forward on this team. So I, I, I don't. I, again, I don't think this is about you know. At this point, I'm not even sure it's about biases or anything like that. Billy has shown the way during this training camp that he deserves a spot, and and this is it's not just fans saying it. It's not just his, mm-hmm. his bet, you know, his, his biggest. Um, it's you know his biggest fan saying it. Even his detractors are probably saying it right now, and they just don't want to admit it. And so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's you know, at some point at some point something has to give on this team house and, 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 and you have to play the players that actually deserve the bloody spot to do it. You know, like the funniest it, thing about that is, is that,
1: you know, I'm sitting here talking about some people that have been saying the same thing for the last year and a half or two <laughs> years. We all have, because the situation hasn't changed a damn thing. Well, we're still problem, sitting here right? and now Declan Chisholm has entered the chat and he is not waivers exempt and nope. he could go the way to Jansen Harkins. And to me, I mean, listen, we don't need to get into the COVID-7 situation of last year. But, you know, you I saw that. You know, you have a young player that has excelled at the American Hockey League level, has barged into the conversation that, you know, could be a great NHL defenseman. I mean, you don't want to lose that guy without ever seeing it. But, I mean, to me, if anyone thought that Declan Chisholm had the leg up because of the contract thing, I think the play of Billy Hainel has put him back into that spot right now. And it really is going to be a fascinating. Listen, we've just got a couple minutes left because we're going yeah. to head to the Twin Cities with uh, with Jesse in just a couple minutes. Um, but quickly, what what is the end game for Logan Stanley in the next <laughs> week? I mean, is he potentially just hitting the waiver wire like a lot of former first rounders have been over the last little bit?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is another interesting thing, right? I mean, you know, is this Jets team willing to kind of suck it up and realize that maybe it's just they have they don't have a choice, right? I mean, Would you rather lose? I mean, I you know, honestly, to me, it, it, it's Stanley R- right now, it's Stanley and Kyle Capo Bianco that who go on waivers. They might not have to make that decision if Capo Bianco is st- is still injured, yeah. right? Um, but you know, to me, I, it, how do you again do you want to? <laughs> I, I don't think you want you've already lost Kovacevic and Jackson Harkins now. Now, Jackson Harkins was completely out of favor with this team, we knew that we could see it, we saw it, you know, halfway through mm-hmm. camp, right? He scores two goals. And he still can't get into the NHL group. We knew it was that's just the way it was. Um, but I don't think that that Chisholm or Hainle are falling out of favor at all. I think Logan Stanley just hasn't shown what he needs to show. I mean, there's again, there's always things. You saw the shot last night from the point, um, but whatever. I mean, he still doesn't show the, the the physicality that he should for being a six foot seven defenseman, right? And and his defense just wasn't there last night. And so I I think at some point you just be like, well. Time to give this guy a different chance somewhere else. And, and and yeah, I mean, first rounder or not first rounder, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it is the it is what it is. He hasn't panned out. He's 25 years old. He was drafted in 2016, and it hasn't panned out for him yet. So and there's he's, other how guys. How long are they going to wait? And well, exactly, right? There's I other mean, guys that deserve shots. And, and at some point, you have to, again, if you're trying to win, you have to stop trying to play the players that aren't really helping you win.
1: Yeah, well, I, I
3: don't know what else to say, you
1: know, like Thursday night, Ottawa. First of all, we'll see who's well enough to actually play in the game <laughs> and then uh, get ready for that tilt next week. Um, have a great one, Scotty. Always a pleasure having you on the program. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, dude. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Have, have a good one. Great right on good Jets talk with uh, with Billick. Uh, hey, folks, don't forget. If you haven't already, if you've been thinking about it, you still got some time to join the WST crew for our Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg Sports Talk Ticket Pack. Four amazing games, starting with the return of Pierre-Luc Dubois on the 17th of October, McDavid and the Oilers in November, Saturday night against the Maple Leafs in January, and then the Calgary Flames in April. 375 bucks, all in. Section three, I think 316 is sold out now. So we've got seats across the aisle in 317. Remo and I will be hosting. We'll have a little get together before the games in the bar outside there. You'll get a free beer, drink, pop, or uh, water at every game as well. And we'll have some cool giveaways. So hit the description in the, uh, the links in the description of the YouTube channel. And if you are listening on the podcast, go to WinnipegSportsTalk.com, get on it, and, uh, Join the crew. We've had a great response on this. We basically sold out the first section, and now we're into section 317. So looking forward to seeing you guys for that at our Jets four-game pack. And don't forget the home opener is a week Saturday, 3 p.m. game, big party in the plaza, free to all ages beforehand from noon until 2.30. Tons of entertainment, food and beverages from the Hargrave Street Market vendors. Great way to kick off the season with the Winnipeg Jets. And hey, just before we bring in Jesse, I know Weber, Mike, and a lot of Manitobans heading down to the Twin Cities for this baseball game this afternoon and tomorrow. Many of them probably popped into Royal Sports to grab some Blue Jays gear on the way. If you want to get ready for the bomber playoff run, the Jets season, Blue Jays playoffs, and more, you know that Royal Sports is the number one sports superstore in town. And, of course, with hockey here, they've been the experts in all things hockey for over 40 years. Pop by and see them. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And give them a follow on Insta at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And speaking of that baseball game, um, when we're done here, might want to slide into your local Boston Pizza Lounge to uh, watch the Blue Jays on the big screen, with the big sound, maybe get into a little happy hour. Uh, Of course, ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. If you are staying at home, you can always get the great taste of BP by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. All right, very fortuitous timing to have one of our faves, Jesse Pierce, back on the program, because we're kind of over the next week going through the Central Division, checking in on the Jets' rivals of course, we've also got a pretty big ball game that I know she's going to be paying attention to this afternoon. Jesse, what's going on? Great to have you back on the show.
4: Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. Go Twins. You know? yeah, there we go. A
1: lot of change. What's the vibe around the Twins going into the playoffs? I mean, this is a team that has literally had no success for a long time. Um, I, you know, they've had a great season. Uh, they won the division. AL Central pretty weak. Um, but they go in as a slight favorite in this game tonight against the Jays. But I'm really interested. I mean, we all know. I mean, there's so many people from around here that are Minnesota fans in things that we're not competing in, like the NHL. You know the, uh, well, you know, the, the scar tissue, shall we say, that, uh, <laughs> that Minnesota fans have. I mean, what's the the vibe around this team and the fan base going into this afternoon's first pitch?
4: I mean, there's excitement, but that's us Minnesota fans in general, right? We get excited about every playoff contention, knowing what the outcome has been, knowing what the outcome is likely to be. That's across the sports boards, you guys. I mean, it's tough, but it's a beautiful day. What a day for a ball game! 85 here, almost a smidge warm for October 3rd, if you ask me. But uh, people are excited. They got their homer uh, rally towels running around, swirling. Uh, And home field advantage, I think, will really help. I I like this matchup against the Blue Jays. I really, really do. I think they're very even. Both are very deep in pitching, which is not something I can often say about the Minnesota Twins, Uh, but it's going to come down to offense and and who's swinging the better bat, and hopefully that's Minnesota. Hopefully we can take some sort of curse off of ourselves (laughs) just once, but, you know, we'll have to see.
1: Well, the funny thing is, in recent years, both of these teams have been so disappointing in the playoffs that – one of these fan bases is going to be happy in a few days. Like, someone has to win this. So uh, we'll get it on. Anyways, uh, 3.30 p.m. first pitch coming up from Target Field. Uh, Meanwhile, you, of course, with your gig at NHL.com and the Bardown Beauties have been all over Minnesota Wild training camp. What's the vibe around the wild as they uh, finish up the preseason and get ready for next next week's uh, opening puck drop?
4: There's some optimism there. I, it's hard to say because I'm not sure if you guys have heard. I'm just kidding. I know everybody in the hockey world has heard the Minnesota Wild are broke. They are very cap restrained, handcuffed Bill Guerin for so much this offseason. He really couldn't do a heck of a whole lot. So Minnesota, for better or for worse, is returning the same team that they had last year. They weren't able to hang on to many of their free agents that they had signed later on, losing Gustav Nyquist, Ryan Reeves. Um, they were able to hang on to Marcus Johansson, who found fantastic chemistry alongside Matt Boldy last year. So that's going to be very, very exciting. But in general, I mean, Minnesota is coming in, again, about, middle of the road especially when you look at the central and you look at what some of the other teams have done Winnipeg included Um, you know Minnesota there's excitement as always we are the state of hockey we're excited to get back on the ice there's still Kirill Kaprizov uh, there's Marc-Andre Fleury there's Matt Boldy again as I'd mentioned so you have some of those names that get a lot of excitement going but it's going to be an interesting season again just knowing that there's been no money for Bill Guerin to play with. There's not a whole lot. The toughest two years of those buyouts of Zach Prezi and Ryan Suter are amongst the wild fans. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they can do with what they're able to afford.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when you, when you look at the, you know, you pull up cap friendly and you see where the wild are at. I mean, they're basically right at the cap. And then you look at the, uh, the dead cap money, 14.7 million this year, 14.7 million next year and then it gets a much more manageable 1.66 for the next few years. Um, like, it, 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 say that money was just there for them. Where where would be the focus of Bill Guerin? Like, if there's a piece that the Minnesota Wild are lacking in when you look at this roster right now, because they were a solid team last year, I mean, where would they like to improve? And maybe they can do that internally at a much lower cost. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Give me a number one center. I beg of you. I absolutely beg of you. Um, again, for years, Minnesota has never really had that depth up the middle. Jewel Ericssonek is, quote unquote, the number one center, despite him maybe not playing on that top line alongside Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. That spot belongs to Ryan Hartman as of right now, but Jewel Eriksson is the best that they have. He, You know, you saw the impact that he made by being absent last year for the Minnesota Wild in the first round against Dallas with that broken leg, um, You know, just not having his grittiness, his net front presence, his face-offs. His, I mean, he is a Mr. Everything, as Dean Evson calls him, because he plays in all situations on the ice, too. So I need more of that. I need, and you know, it's funny, I love Eric's neck. He's good for Minnesota. That doesn't necessarily mean he's good across the league, either. I need a good number one center. Now, you had mentioned on the cheap, Marco Rossi, a former first-round pick for Minnesota, ninth overall back in the day. Um, He is expected to make the roster out of the gates, out of training camp. And there's a lot of expectations on him to do really well. He stayed in Minnesota over the summer to train and get ready. He put on an additional 10 to 15 pounds to get stronger. Um, You know, in the past two seasons for Marco, it just hasn't worked. He's done well in the American Hockey League, and, and it hasn't quite translated into the NHL. So I'm curious to see if he's ready to be strong up the middle and be a true number one center for Minnesota. Cause certainly all eyes are on him and it's kind of a make or break season for Marco Rossi.
1: Um, you, you know, you mentioned flurry um, was Gus. That was uh, we have our own Gus bus here and David Gustafson, but Philip Gustafson in a lot of ways was sort of the story of last year. When you talk about the prevention of goals for the Minnesota wild, how do things stand heading in? You know, one guy gets hot, obviously he'll get some more some more starts. But, you know, do they have a plan of how they're going to manage both Fleury and Gustafson uh, throughout the year?
4: I mean, you always have to, right? Especially with Marc-Andre Fleury. I hate to say he's old because he's not much older than me, but he's on the uh, the aging out spectrum, especially for hockey goaltenders. But no, Minnesota's put themselves in a really good position as far as goaltending tandem. Marc-Andre Fleury enters the final year of his contract. He had mentioned he will mull retirement decisions over throughout the course of the year, so it'll be interesting to see what his uh, career path looks like following this year. But Minnesota has Philip Gustafson now, who signed a three-year extension uh, before he went to arbitration under free, uh, restricted free agency. Excuse me. So that's huge. And then they have Jesper Valstead, a first-rounder, everything that can be in the waiting in the wings. So it's a good situation. As far as for this year, I think you see Gustafson take the lion's share. I know for the past two seasons, Minnesota's gone very 50-50, and that goes back to when it was Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot. Last year it was 50-50 because Philip Gustafson admittedly came into camp a little out of shape and nobody really knew what to expect of him. I think it took us all by surprise to see his name amongst the top in the league, especially toward that second half of the season. Um, So, you know, you're hoping it's not a flash in the pan. I don't think it is because his demeanor has just always remained so calm, so steadfast, so straightforward that I think that shows you he is ready to replicate what was proven last year. So... Will he get more uh, starts? I think absolutely. I think if you were to call it, and Dean Evson always hates to call it, but I think Philip Gustafson is your number one goalie, and Marc-Andre Fleury is your backup for all intents and purposes. But either way, a solid tandem moving forward for Minnesota this season and in the future.
1: You know, I mean, you mentioned the uh, you know the lacking the depth at center. Not the case on the wing. Um, you know, you got Kaprizov on the top line, Matt Boldy behind him, and, Listen, I think everyone knows that Kaprizov is a legit superstar in this league. Um, but Boldy, coming off a 30-goal season last year and uh, just over 60 points, didn't have a great playoff. But, uh, I mean, is there more to get from, uh, from Matt Boldy? And how much pressure is on him because of the lack of centers for a guy like that to be really an offensive catalyst playing outside of the top line?
4: I mean, he likes to call it expectation because I think we always ask Matt Boldy that, like, is there pressure now? You know, you signed a seven-year, uh, $49 million contract last year as just a kid out of, out of the gate to the pressure that's there. And he says, no, it's an expectation I hold for myself. I want to live up to that. And you had mentioned he had the drought in the playoffs. This is following a, a, a hotter, a heater, excuse me, a hot streak he had, which also followed another gold drought. So he's kind of up and down. But again, he's so young and continues to develop at such a fantastic pace. I think they're is high expectation. I think he can continue to do what we saw last year. You know, the big question last year was, is there going to be that sophomore slump? You saw him kind of come in after injury his his rookie year and, and do some big things, but he even improved on that last year. And I think moving forward, that's just going to be his mentality. He knows that he has to be that second in command behind Carrillo as far as scoring and point production goes. And I think he's ready. And I had mentioned Marcus Johansson. I think those two found a really Good chemistry was Jules Eriksson in the middle and and those two on the wing. And I think that's huge. That's everything. When you have a line mate that you've played with, they didn't get to play, uh, you know, obviously an entire season together. But when Johansson came in, they really found something special. So I'm excited to watch uh, Matt Boldy continue to ascend upward.
1: Kaylin Addison finally got a deal. And again, that probably wasn't a fun situation to be in negotiating without much, um, uh, you know, without many other opportunities against a team that has no money. Um, that being said, he signed, he's going to be in the lineup, but when you look at this blue line core, who are going to be the horses that Dean Evison uh, rides the most right now, the guy, the big minute munchers on the blue line for Minnesota projected to be.
4: I think Jonas Brodeen and Brock Faber, Brock Faber, we saw come in out of the university of Minnesota last year, a good old Minnesota boy, which we love <laughs> that storyline here, obviously. Um, no, but he is going to have a tremendous and long NHL career. He's just got this confidence and this poise. And again, he has that long stick, that mobility back there. Um, and he's learning. And I think pairing him with Jonas Brodeen, a player who's so consistent and a guy that can really cover up any of those mistakes. I mean, God bless Matt Dumba. He did it for Matt Dumba for many, many years. And now he'll be doing that with a younger player like Brock Faber. I think that's going to be my favorite defensive pairing. They will probably be second behind Jacob Middleton and Jared Spurgeon, a pairing that really showed what they could do. Obviously, Spurgeon, another very consistent player, captain of this team, uh, moves incredibly well, plays in all situations as well. And then Jake Middleton, this big, Husking guy that uh, can there and make up the size that Spurgeon lacks. So those are gonna be your top four pairs for sure. Uh unfortunate for Kalen Addison, it'll probably be another season spent mostly in the press box, but I can see a rotation too, because there are some other defensemen in there that are kind of, you know, wavering as well. You've got Alex Goligoski, another player kind of on on the older side of things, and and John Merrill as well. So it'll be interesting, but I think those four players in Brodeen Faber, Spurgeon and Middleton will kind of be the go-tos and the shutdown pairs.
1: Jesse Pierce, NHL.com, down in the Twin Cities, getting us ready for a puck drop, looking around the Central Division. Uh, the rivalry between the Jets and the Wild got pretty spicy at the end of last season. Of course, Ryan Reeves was always front and center uh, of it. He's gone now. Who uh, Who's going to be the, uh, the guy standing up for, uh, well... Hartman-esque cheap shots on Nikolai Ehlers when things get going, Jesse. We're still sour you, about that. You're not
4: possibly referring to the Logan Stanley on Kirill Kaprizov, which injured Kaprizov, are we? are we? That was just an still? accident.
1: I mean, that was just an awkward play. I mean...
4: Credit to, to Logan Stanley, Kirill Kaprizov also said that. He said, you know, it's a mm-hmm. hockey play. It is what it is, and, you know, he's fine. He's he's all good. But it's funny you mentioned that because in Minnesota, I think a lot of people were wondering who is standing up for Kirill because you didn't really have Ryan Reeves do a heck of a whole lot, Marcus Felino either, but Foligno's back, and then they signed Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon, as we all know, the championship pedigree, but a big dude that is going to be out there kind of patrolling as best he can as well. So I think you've got Felino who uh, can throw a Superman punch a time or two as well, which was still one of my favorite memories to see to date. Just uh, just absurd! Like, it's so absurd, <laughs> but so wonderful. And again, with that rivalry, just feeding the fuel there, right? Um, and then I think Brandon Duhamel will get in there and, and mix it up a little bit. You know, some of those fourth line guys, but Maroon and Felino are going to be the big bruisers for Minnesota should they need it.
1: Well, those will be some interesting games between, especially the first matchup between these clubs, considering what happened at the end of last year. Hey, listen, while I got you, um, what a huge sports week it is in the twin cities. Um, I'm actually heading down a ton of people are heading down on the weekend to see the Chiefs-Vikings game. And now Minnesota's playing Michigan in prime time the night before. Um, but I have to ask you about the Vikings. I mean, uh, you know, they had that 0-3 start. They got the win last week. You got the Super Bowl champs coming in. Apparently, the, the, the demand for tickets, I mean, they haven't seen anything like this even before... Kelsey and Taylor Swift got together feel like was it's already... the Taylor
4: Swift effect though, right? Like it's gotta be a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, I, I can tell you before this all happened, I was speaking to someone in the Vikes ticket office that said this regular season game was the most demanded game since they had been with the organization. And then all of this happened lately. Um, <laughs> it, it is going to be a scene. It'll be a nationally televised game at three twenty-five. but, uh, Is there a little more hope in Viking nation after the win last week, or uh, is it sort of assumed that, you know, after that start, this is probably going to be a real uphill battle in a division that's wide open. Oh, credit to Detroit. They look quite good.
4: I was going to say that's (laughs) the one shining hope is that Minnesota has a pretty soft division for the most part. Um, They've got a tough go against Kansas city. They've got the 49ers on the docket, but then it gets a little bit easier. You've got green Bay, you've got Chicago to go through games that are winnable. Are the fans back on the bandwagon? Not quite yet, because you should be Carolina. They are terrible. They are clearly kind of giving up. I mean, it was great to see the defense take opportunity finally against a very weak offense and a very young quarterback. Um, but it's tough. Again, as Minnesota fans, we hate to be down on our team, especially the boys in purple. It's just going to be a tough, tough year. That offensive line is painful to watch. It is so incredibly painful mixed in with the defense that can't quite figure it out. A lack of a run game. Luckily, there's Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousins, a very polarizing quarterback, has his moments as well. So it is, I mean, people will always be doing their skull chance up here. We know what we love it, no matter the outcome, but I think it's not going to be quite the magical season Minnesotans had last year.
1: Reg, uh, Reg Dunlott in chat. Uh, come on, Haas, you know you want to talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> We've spent a lot of time talking about it, there's no doubt about it. It has been I mean, the crazy thing is, like, and you mentioned the Taylor Swift effect. It is absolutely real. Yes. I mean, we had a big conversation last week knowing that she was going to be at the game in New York on Sunday night as to what that was going to do to the viewership of Sunday night football. And, right. I mean, you know, already one of the most popular shows on television, $20 million average, ended up hitting $27 million and uh the most watched uh, program since the Super Bowl right now. So... Uh, I'm not sure. I don't expect her. You haven't heard any news. She's probably not going to be there in the Twin Cities on Sunday, right?
4: Don't tell Minnesotans that. They'll be. They'll take it personal. We like to take things personal here. Why doesn't she like us? What the heck? I thought she loved us Bank Stadium. Take it. All take it that. as a
1: compliment. It's one thing to go see the Bears and the Jets, knowing that the outcome is almost a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um, if she comes here, they almost expect the Chiefs to win. But it should be a lot of fun. I Cannot wait to get down there for. Uh, Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, south of the border for a couple of really fun, uh, fun games. Jesse, always love having you on the show. Thank you very much for doing this, and I look forward to uh, catching up throughout the season with you as the uh, Jets and Wild get at it. Sounds
4: good, Huss, We'll talk to you later.
1: Take it easy. There's Jesse Pierce, NHL.com, and the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Um, all right, uh, some great stuff earlier with uh, with Ted on uh, the Bombers. Of course, one more. Home game for the bombers that is coming up on the 21st of October against the Edmonton Elks and the princess auto tailgate party will be going for that one. I remember what they did late in the year last year with the, uh, the fire pits and whatnot, hot chocolate there. Hopefully it won't be that cold on the 21st of October. Uh, But then we've got playoff football coming as well. And of course the princess auto proud sponsors of the bombers and WST and the princess auto tailgate zone before all Winnipeg blue bomber football And of course, Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West locations, or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. And a big thanks to Spicy and Joe and our pals down at Consolidated Supply. What a summer it's been for them. Of course, they are the leaders in irrigation systems for your property, working with golf courses throughout the year here in Manitoba. Artificial turf, both indoor and outdoor. And Golf Carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. More than just for the golf course, though. Got some incredible vehicles uh, with some real industrial usage. So check them out if you're interested in that for your operation. And, hey, other great options for your property, including hot tubs, and amazing outdoor kitchens, as well as small engine parts and repair. They are the experts. Consolidated Supply I have so much waiting for you. Pop down and see them at the showroom, open to the public, 1395 Nyacko Road East. Or you can find out more online at cte.ca. And uh, hey, back at it Thursday night at Canada Life Center. Final preseason game. We'll get a little more clarity as to who's going to be playing over the next couple days. One thing you can take to the bank is that you can now enjoy the great taste of our favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug, as they are now an official partner of the Winnipeg Jets and available at Canada Life Centre. If you're in the lower bowl, they've got the north end spot in and around where the old Moxies was. They've also got it at the south end. And uh, if you're with us upstairs in the 300s, the new craft beer corner is in uh, the bar at section 310, so make sure to check that out and uh, enjoy some little brown jug the next time you're taken in Winnipeg Jets hockey. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, Michael Remus here, and uh, I know if you've got the poll up right now. I do want to, I do want to ask, and I, I believe the poll question is, who are you cheering for? Uh, I'd like to know. Who do you think is going to win this series? That's the why not question of the day for not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Confidence level that the Blue Jays can get this done, starting with the win tonight. I'll be honest, I'm feeling pretty giddy about the Jays' chances, Remote, And it starts with the pitching. I can't wait to see what Gosman has in store for the Twins tonight. It was so big for Texas to beat Seattle on Saturday and allow them to have Gosman go for game number one. Um, but I know you were paying attention to this race uh, throughout uh, all the way down to game 162. Where uh, where are you at before we uh, talk about what the lines are for uh, this series? Yeah, I had to make the
2: poll. Uh, Shout out to, I think it was Rob MC in chat who didn't believe that you know Winnipeggers or Canadians cheered for the Blue Jays and thought everyone from Winnipeg likes the Twins. 85 no, 84 percent say they're cheering for the Blue Jays as opposed to Twins. So there are Twins fans here, and maybe even fans. Oh yeah, of both. You know they play in different different divisions, but uh, I think I, you know, Jays majority. I mean they're on they're on TV. Grew up with the Jays. They're the only Canadian team, so I think you. I, I'm not surprised there. But yeah, I mean it's going to be up to the Jays lineup. Uh, hitting with runners and scoring position, something they've tr- uh, struggled to do. The pitching, you know, not worried. Both that you'd like to see, you know, Gossman do what he did all season, Cy Young candidate, and Chris Bassett uh, tomorrow. You know, you're going to get what at least six Joe innings. Bassett
1: led the AL and wins.
2: Yeah, that's. I, I'm no, that's. All I mean, that was a surprise.
1: Guys. And I mean, Barrios, Barrios going up against his old team. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of juicy storylines to this. But as T. Will said, uh, to answer my question as to how you feel they're going to do, it depends. Are uh, the Jays going to remember to bring the bats? Um, and I've got a lot of confidence in the pitching staff, certainly in the guys that they've got, you know, they're rolling out. Kikuchi available to go in relief or long relief uh, at, at times as well. Um, but to me, it, it's exactly what Will just said. Are, are they going to be able to hit? Um, and, and, you know, Reem, I was talking about this with Dusty today on the lock shop. Matt Chapman has had such an underwhelming year at the plate He's going into free agency right now. Everyone thought that he was going to be a $25 million a year player. I'm not sure that that's still on the table for him anywhere. But I'll tell you what, you can erase a lot of the narrative from the regular season if you go out and have a monster postseason. And there's a big opportunity for a number of guys that had underwhelming years at the plate to um, put themselves in a position to put that behind them now that we're playing for real.
2: Yeah, I mean... Look, you can make a lot of money in the playoffs, Huss, where everyone's watching. You know, you get called things like clutch. So, sure, if he has a big postseason, you know, that's the last thing they remember. And, you know, people would be interested. So we'll have to see what happens there. I mean, they, Jay's got a great, great lineup Springer, Guerrero, Bichette. But uh, hitting with runners in scoring position has been a challenge for them. And, uh, you know, it's going to be plenty yeah. of opportunity to, uh, you know, that to here in the playoffs against Minnesota,
1: yeah. Doug Phil Jays didn't acquire Chapman for his bat, though. We knew what we were getting, yeah, but I mean, it's still been way below the usual standard. I mean, was we expecting him to hit 310? No, um, but you know, and not only, I mean, listen, we can talk about numbers and the numbers from over the entire 162, but I mean, the biggest reason why the Blue Jays were in this situation coming down the stretch, and you nailed it, I mean their inability to hit with runners on base uh, and in scoring position and the amount of double plays they hit into. So uh, listen, it's going to start with the pitching, but got to get a few bats looking forward to this game tonight. It is Gosman on the mound. And well, let's get over to the cool bet lines while we're, uh, while we're talking about all of this for today's game. Ooh, the Jays now a plus 108 favorite. I guess if you, if you waited it out, you were getting a much better number. Blue Jays plus 108, Twins a home favorite at p- minus 122. What's interesting though is that while the Twins are favored for tonight's game, the Jays are actually favored in the series. Um, no, they opened up at even money. Obviously, a lot of people came in and hammered the Jays, but uh, Toronto minus 120 for the series, and the Twins are even money despite being at home for the first two games and a home favorite tonight um the uh, Texas Rangers and the and the uh, Rays are at it right now in the third inning. So that one's off the board, but a little later on Milwaukee minus 172 and the A's or Arizona Diamondbacks plus 152, Phillies and Marlins as well. Phillies minus 149 favorite, the Marlins plus 132. Milwaukee, Tampa and Philadelphia all significant series favorites there. Um, let's get over to the Canadian Football League and Remo. Before you, before you click on this, before you click on that, mm-hmm. have you uh, have you seen the the line in the Bomber uh, Lions game yet?
2: Yeah, I, I stupidly looked. I realized. Oh, okay, you did. I realized after. It's like oh, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have looked. Then more fun to reveal on the show. But
1: <laughs> yeah, we did idea. it in the lock shop today. I, I was thinking that this would be close to a pickem. Dusty was thinking that, you know, would probably be the home field advantage for BC around three. And it's opened up as BC two-point favorites against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, the money line, plus 112. I have to think there's going to be some steam coming in from Bomber Nation on the Bombers over the course of the next few days. I wouldn't be surprised if this gets pretty close to a pick by the time it goes off on Friday night.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was... Uh... Minus one, but yeah, minus two for the Lions. Maybe go with the Bombers there. Interesting to note the over/under. The highest total of the week with fifty point five seems high for CFL. If you remember, has the Bombers hit that total in their last meeting on their own? So, <laughs> so fifty point five.
1: Um, yeah, and the and Bombers the- have had good games. <clears throat> excuse me, in BC over the last few years. I, mean, I know it was Drew Brown that started in the last game last year, but even they put up some points. I have no doubt, and it's just like we talked with Ted earlier, I have no doubt that the the uh, Bombers' offense will put up points. I mean, between Brady Oliveira and the incredible season he's having, back-to-back MOP Zach Caleros, that receiving core, when healthy, as good as anything I can remember. So they'll get theirs. To me... This is about the Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense, and if they can raise their level of play for a full 60 minutes, um, I think the, the Bombers will have a great, great chance of winning. And, of course, great news today coming out of practice with the return of Janarian Grant.
2: Yeah, if Janarian Grant's Grant's practicing full uniform day one, Like you have to think that's a very good sign for him to be In the lineup, so we'll wait and see. I think
1: they were very, I think they were really extra cautious with him. I think they knew full well that this game was in all likelihood going to mean everything when it comes to the Mm -hmm. playoff picture in the Canadian Football League. And that is exactly the case. And uh, he's back. So uh, great news for the Blue Bombers when it comes to. Uh, the uh, the help of their number one returner and arguably one of the best in the Canadian Football League. Uh, other games this week, still waiting for the Toronto line. We'll find out what Dinwiddie is going to do with Chad Kelly, if he's going to play them now that they're not playing the Bombers. Uh, Riders four-and-a-half-point favourites over Hamilton and the Alouettes, a Thanksgiving Day game, seven-point favourites on Monday against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And a quick look at NFL Thursday nighter. Tomorrow night, left hand up for the Commanders hosting the Chicago Bears. And the Commanders are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, they were a very live underdog last week against Philly in Philly, Ream. And the Bears are, well, the Bears. So I can't say that I'm too surprised that this number is pushing, uh, pushing seven.
2: Yeah, I was looking at my, uh, I got to do a survivor pick in my pool. And whoever is playing against the Bears... Uh, seems to be a good pick. I don't know if I can do the commanders. Uh, Justin Fields, is he going to be, you know, what, what kind of play is it, player is he going to be Thursday? Is he going to be the one that we saw on Sunday against the Broncos or the one that we saw in the first two weeks? I mean, this Thursday night game, holy crap,
1: what a, what a crap. What I mean, typical Thursday night game. You know what? I yeah. like the commanders. I've always had a soft spot for them. I'm a big Brian Robinson Jr. guy. Scary Terry McLaurin. Sam Howell now there. They got a good defensive line. The fact that we have to watch the Bears is unfortunate. I, I will definitely agree with you on that. Um, but you know what? We'll have a lot of playoff baseball. Probably some Game 3s happening mm-hmm. that day. We'll be at the so, Jets uh, game too. So bring it on. Yeah, of course. And we're going to be at the Jets game. So uh, you're right. We'll just keep an eye on it for fantasy mm-hmm. and gaming purposes. Of course, folks, big shout out to our friends at CoolBet. If you haven't played at CoolBet before use the promo code wst for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Um remember one thing I we had such a busy show. I did not get to this yesterday and I did not want to get through today's show without bringing it up because it was one of my favorite things that happened in the weekend. The onside punt. Yes. From the from the Montreal Ottawa game on the weekend. Did everybody see this? I'll bring it up. And absolutely Uh, And I have to say, this is a brilliant hack of the CFL rules. I have never seen this done before. Um, But if you missed it, and I'll describe it for folks. So Montreal throws a screen pass out to their receiver on a second and 18. He gets the ball in the flat. The defense is playing way off, knowing that they're needing 18 yards for a first down. He runs up to very close to the line of scrimmage drops the ball onto his foot and kicks it, if you will, and I'm using quotations, about two yards. It rolls across the line, and then he dives on it. And a lot of people are going, well, what the hell just happened? Well, of course, in the Canadian Football League, the punter can recover the football and anyone behind the punter when the ball is kicked. Now, in this case... The running back with the ball was the punter. He just punted it from behind the line of scrimmage for a yard across the line of scrimmage. Of course, there's no no no-yards penalty because he was the punter, and they got it. This was absolutely brilliant, Reem. And I saw someone point out they actually tried this earlier in the year. But what a way to reset the downs when you're in a uh, second-and-forever situation. I I can't give uh, the Montreal coaching staff... Enough credit for a uh, a brilliant way of um, keeping their offense on the field.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised we don't see that more, Hus. And that's tough to defend. Where or what? Well, I mean, he, there's no one around him. They just did a you know a s- swing pass, and he's there and tries to punt. It's interesting that it resets the downs. And you know, I because you'd think that if it's you just were just like covering, a punt, yeah, but what it's. You're not recovering it ahead of the first down line, but that's what the rule is, and good for them for taking advantage. And I like how the CFL has these rules that are different, uh, makes it a different game. So hey, if it's within the rules, I'm form again surprised they don't do it more. And you, know, you kind of saw, I feel like you're seeing a lot of that more uh, in the NFL, at least this past weekend, where quarterbacks are running up to the line, and they, you know, you think they're going to run, but then they throw it, and this isn't quite like that but hey there was no one around him and you go for the uh the punt sure i i'm here for it Uh, great great play
1: one bird that's called a dribble ball there was one andre prue called last year sask versus ham late in the first half after a punt i'll be honest i had i had never seen that before but it made sense quite quickly shout out to marshall ferguson who quickly picked up on it that that is going to reset the downs and anyways, onside punt in the CFL. We had to make sure we hit that uh, on the program, and we just had so much going on. Um, yeah, Christopher Chris Vermette had to check out the Instagram post comment section. Doug Flutie was commenting that he's surprised no one has done this more often. Um, yes. So anyways, we'll see whether something like this pops up again in the Canadian Football League uh, very soon. But um, very, very unique play going down the rule book, and and the reaction of some of the Americans was just hilarious. People, you know, defund the league. What's going on here? This is a joke. Hey, man. This is an old league. And, and, And it was a perfect... I know Schickster and a few folks were watching that Aussie Rules Grand Final on the weekend down under. Of course, both forms of football, Australian rules and Canadian football, you know, are rooted in rugby, and that was a Perfect example of the uh, the roots of the Canadian game coming out. Um, good stuff today, Reem. I guess tomorrow we'll have a little bit more on the latest with the Winnipeg Jets, seeing who's actually going to be back, you know, in the lineup, in practice, getting ready for that final preseason game. And uh, I have a feeling the topics of Vili Hainala, of course, uh, will be interesting. We'll kind of pay attention to what's happening with Elias Salman, now that he's back with the Manitoba Moose, but staying here. And of course, Declan Chisholm status, Logan Stanley status. Uh, and again, the battle, if you believe it, is between Gus and Parker Ford for that final spot. Or will the situation, you know, with players being ill and injured mean that both of those guys might be on the opening day roster? Uh, lots to talk about there and continued preparation for the big one on Friday night with the Bombers and the BC Lions. Yeah, I'm going re- to be
2: refreshing the Winnipeg Jets' Twitter to see what the groups are and what we can learn from the groups and the line rushes. Who's in Group A? Who's in Group B? Although I think it's just one. Now they're down to like kind of one bigger group. Who's not practicing? Who's recovered from the flu? A lot we can take from this. They're supposed to practice 11 a.m. at the Hockey for All Center and preparation for Thursday's home game against Ottawa. So are a lot of storylines leading in? Are we going to see some guys, you know, Actually, you know, some of the uh, NHL players in the lineup for a preseason game, or are they still sick? Major questions. And, you know, Bombers practicing as well. Who's coming on tomorrow? Marat's coming on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. A little around the league talk as we head into the season. So exciting yeah, ramping times. Up,
1: ramping up. Ramping up for hockey season. And, by the way, everyone – um For hockey fans, people that like the odds, uh, tomorrow in the lock shop, which is at noon, over at Edmonton Sports Talk, Dusty and I are going to be kicking out our favorite NHL props for the season. We'll do a number of players, goals, points, assists, those sort of things, uh, as well as some picks in the divisions, cup winners, and all that. So a big NHL preview tomorrow in the lock shop. Join us at noon before that. Give the boys a sub over on uh, on their channel. I know they uh, gave us a nice little bump today. And again, we are now less than 40 subscribers away from 10,000. Our goal was to get there by Wednesday. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And for all of you loyal WSTers, we thank you for your support. Tell a friend about WST and how they can join us daily at 1 or afterwards. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course... The podcast always available wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just search Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right. We've got some baseball to watch coming up at the bottom of the hour. Enjoy the Blue Jays game today, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about the Blue Jays. We'll set up game two. Greg Wyszynski taking us around the National Hockey League. Murata Tesh on the Jets. And we'll certainly be talking about the Blue Line logjam and how he sees things going forward. Have a great one, everyone. Thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen every day and all of you for making us a part of your day. Have a good one, everyone. Go Jays. Oh, my God.
0: Shut it down. Let's go home.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.